Hi guys. So this episode is a little bit, um, let's just say it's a little crispy, crunchy in some parts, most parts. Um, we're not really sure what's going on, having some technical difficulties on our end. We'll have our shit together one day. But if you do listen to this episode all the way through, we thank you and we love you. Um, and we had a really good time talking about this movie. So please enjoy. Quiet on set. Places, everybody. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Snowpiercer from 2013, directed by Bong Joon-ho. And Ashley, um, do you want to share with our listeners how you kind of landed upon this movie after discussing Sorry to Bother You? Yeah, that's what we did last week or last episode. Yes, those were, um, these are both my picks. Uh, if y'all are just not joining us, these are both my picks. Um, and I guess this kind of, it kind of became a little bit more clearer for me. I already had like a sort of like an idea of why I wanted to talk about these. Um, but essentially, like both movies kind of have a character that's going on a journey of some sort. This one is more of like a literal journey, whereas Sorry to Bother You is more of like a figurative journey. Um, but it's basically chronicling their sort of travel from extremely lower class, very, um, I don't know how to say. Bleak. <laughs> it's essentially bleak, shit poor. Is bleak. <laughs> shit is stressful. <laughs> shit is, uh, shit is uh, just, just bad all around. Um, and they're, you know, they, they go through this, um, I guess, a, yeah, like a journey. From being very, very broke, very, very poor to having sort of like a taste of what it would be like to be at the top of the food chain, essentially, uh, and how that is really um, some bullshit all around. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. Like, I actually love this idea. I don't I don't think I told you that. Like, I actually love this pairing because they both of the movies give us a lot to think about in different ways, um, especially Mm -hmm. dealing with class and social economic status. Um, Mm -hmm. But they're drastically different. And I really appreciate it. And now that I like watch them back to back, my opinions of both have like changed a little bit, which we can discuss a little later. Not you like can see my face right now. I'm not gonna be like, oh my god. I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, Boots Riley is so smart. <laughs> like that's such a smart movie. I'm not gonna say that, but <laughs> <laughs> I do have like some additional thoughts in relation to just, like watching these movies together. Can we talk about first though, like how Boots never responded back to us? Well, he never talked to us. <laughs> Probably because he listened and was like, oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we would at least get, like, a retweet or something, but he full on just, like, ignored us. Oh. And, then, you know, it hurt my feelings a little bit because I really actually wanted to know. 
<laughs> I wanted the my fucking answer. I wanted to know if Steven Yeun did the little twerk or not. Steven Yeun doesn't um, just reply to people, so I thought Boots would be the next best thing. And apparently, that was he, not true. And you know he had time because he over there writing why like I didn't get nominated for no Oscar because is that really? Yeah, like, this is why we weren't nominated, because I didn't go on, like, a campaigning mission. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, did somebody did ask him know? that? Was that unprovoked, or was that, like, him? I, I don't know. Like, I ignored it. Or was that, like, people, like, I, adding him, like, why wasn't Boots Riley? I can see him being nominated for, like, original screenplay. That's about... Can you, Ashley? Original screenplay, yes. That's probably one of the most original movies that you could uh, from all the movies that you can see you i don't think you can really compare it to many things as far as that i wouldn't say like oh, this is a best picture best actor no no but there's like a whole bunch of movies that are being nominated that really fucking shouldn't be but you know yeah, that could be a whole new right. episode <laughs> so <laughs> i could see i could see original screenplay just for like originality's sake not like like you wouldn't go into the movie like i've totally seen this movie before i wouldn't say that but yeah i'm, I'm yeah, hoping right. that people would just i would hope like people would just be like yeah what the fuck and then he like kind of answered but also like i asked that question before <laughs> before the oscars <laughs> nominations were released i don't really like too much really be worried about all that right now i just wanted to know steven yun let me know if he did in your heart, then that's the truth. That's honestly all that matters. Well, all right, then. Then that, that settles it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Snowpiercer. Um, yes. Where to begin? Okay. So, this movie takes place on a train. So, mm-hmm. global warming happened. The um, ozone or whatever, it, it exploded. This is me uh, describing global warming, how it works in my brain. So, (laughs) so atmosphere, boom, exploded. And it got really cold. (laughs) It got really cold, y'all. It got so cold that another ice age happened. And to save whatever humanity was left that didn't freeze over, um, Wilford, his name is Wilford, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, He was played by by old fine ed harris um oh my god <laughs> i watched too much west world <laughs> i'm not gonna say anything i was gonna say something real rude <laughs> we're gonna keep it we're gonna keep it classy today <laughs> for now <laughs> he built a train so um, he built it. I guess they got it popping in 2014, mm-hmm. and all of the survivors got aboard the train, the Snowpiercer. And so, what it does is literally just travels around the world mm-hmm. constantly, and you can't like get off the train. Like the train is now the Earth. This is where all of humanity and whatever animals they decided to take with them. It's kind of like the Ark a little bit, but yeah. a little bit more diverse, meaning like people aren't related to each other. Like, <laughs> it's a lot of different folks on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I believe the movie takes place in like 2030 or 2031 or something. 
the the when shit goes down is like 2014 and then 17 years later i believe is so yeah 2031 um in like a not so distant future for us currently <laughs> uh is when like the the events of this movie take place and we are like we are experiencing the story through the hero curtis everett played by chris evans um i this is what made me watch this movie period like if you put Dor- I, I call him dorito because he built like a dorito with those broad shoulders and those little narrow hips that oh i love him sorry guys sorry guys <laughs> Sorry, I, I probably need to take a sip of water to clinch my thirst. But <laughs> that's why I watched it because I saw it like back in the day when it was on Netflix, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's in a new movie! I'm gonna watch it!" And mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, this isn't Captain Bay Saves the World or whatever going on with Captain America." Um, but mm-hmm. it was kind of interesting. So Curtis lives in the tr- like the caboose. He's, yeah, he lives the, in- the, the tail section. <laughs> <laughs> He lives in the caboose, like, yeah, the caboose or the tail of the plane. And everybody back there is dirty. They don't have no, like, they don't really have anything. It kind of, like, everything is just covered in soot, which I don't understand since the engine of the train is up front. Um, But it's, like, very horrible living conditions. Everybody's stacked up on each other there are people back there who are missing limbs all of their clothes are tattered and is really like bad living conditions um mm-hmm. they don't have access to fresh food they get uh jello bricks called protein bars that they eat um and curtis is being mentored by uh, a older survivor named gilliam and he tries to like keep Curtis cool, tell him to calm down, and offer advice, um, which Curtis kind of takes into consideration. And he is a leader on the train. Uh, well, in his section of the train. Mm-hmm. And he's joined by uh, his second in command, or like hit like some another passenger who really looks up to him named Edgar. Who they turn like later on in the movie they find we find out they have a history. Don't wanna, I was about to say don't spoil it yet. <laughs> they do have a, there's a history. I'm not gonna let it unfold, Brady. Let it unfold, Brady. Um, <laughs> the whole reason why Brady wanted to talk about this movie. The whole reason. <laughs> they have a history. But he really, like, admires and looks up to Curtis. And anything, I feel like anything that Curtis says that uh, Edgar would totally do regardless. So he Mm -hmm. really believes in Curtis's mission to, they are going to stage, like, an uprising. Like, he wants to cause a revolt. He wants to go up to the engine and see what's what. Like, I feel like he wants to fist fight Wilford in the streets. And I'm, like, all for it. (laughs) Yeah, he probably would. So we fought like uh like a you kind of get used to like how things work in the tail section. Um, they have guards come down to like deliver food. 
and things like that. And one day the guards come down and they ask for like a violinist. And you see yeah. how brutal um, the guards treat the people in the jail. Cause like this old couple are like, yeah, we were violinists. Like I was first chair at the blah, blah, blah orchestra. And so my wife was always also in the orchestra and the guards were like, uh, we only need one violinist. Um, so he's like, so they choose it choose the guy and the guy's like well what about my wife and bruh they fuck that old lady yeah they They beat her down like for no reason and then they step on her hand and i was like oh she's so old like y'all could have took her up there it wouldn't hurt nothing um but that's just like you see that's how life works that's their every day um Mm -hmm. And in addition to Edgar, there is executive producer of Green Book, Octavia Spencer, oh. as Tanya. Oh, God. Oh, God. I mean, I don't know why I'm oh, God, and it's not my movie. But like, oh, God. So Tanya has a little boy named Timmy or Tim or Timothy. They they call him a little bit of everything. Um, and she really is like, about that life too with Curtis. Um, she believes in what he believes in as well. Um, and then you have another guy back there named Gray, who's a wild boy. Like he is wild. He would, he's really ride or die, literally. Um, yeah. And he doesn't speak. He has like a bunch of tattoos that are, I guess, different stories or something like that. Uh, I know he has like surrender or die, like responses to different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read too. Like he has like uh, he has Gilliam's Gilliam's name like tattooed on his heart or something. It was like a whole thing. I think like um the director like had like a whole other backstory, which is kind of cool. Um, some things were sus, but <laughs> some things were like oh, okay, that's interesting. But yeah, he doesn't he doesn't speak. He just um. He's just, you know, here. He's got his knives and he's ready to party. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we learn that, like, in, like, the protein bricks, Curtis is receiving messages. Yes. Like, I guess they're bullets. Like, they're little bullet casings that are empty that he, yes. like, takes it out and it unrolls it and it says something like, um calm or bullet or like different messages mm-hmm. and he takes it to Gilliam um Gilliam and they kind of like talk through it and Curtis is receiving his guidance. Um but one day the guards come back and they de- like come back to the the jail to get two children to take up to the front. So mm-hmm. they end up taking Andy who is a little Caucasian boy and Timmy who is um, Octavia Spencer's son. And Mm -hmm. everybody, like, tries to protect the children to let the, you know, not let the guards take them. And it just escalates from there. They beat Tanya, like, really badly. Like, her eye is swollen shit, I think, for, like, the rest of the movie. Like... Yeah, she looked like Forrest Whitaker, bruh. Stop. Okay, she got her child taken from her. She was a victim of state violence, okay? She got a she got a child taken away from her. 
Peace. Um, she, um, so they take the kids and this is when things get wilder. Like they take, they're taking the kids to take them up to the front of the train. And this is when we're introduced to like Mason, who's played by Tilda Swinton. There was Claude. Claude is the lady who takes the kids. And then the whole thing that's introduced Mason is that, uh, Andy's father chucks a shoe at Claude, hits her dead in the face. (laughs) And Claude does nothing but um, lick her the blood off. Like, she wipes the blood off her and lick her fingers. And then, like, they take uh, Andy and stick his arm outside the train as, like, punishment. And so his arm freezes off. And Tilda comes in and makes a huge speech about how everybody is a shoe. And she's the hat. And shoes stay on the feet. And the hats stay on the head. And everybody has their little place. So don't you little motherfuckers fuck around <laughs> and try to do anything else. This is the whole thing about like disorder and, and that kind of thing, which is like a big theme in this movie about like having balance. And this is why um, the tail section people are in the tail section and everybody else who has good food and quality medical care and hygiene is at the front. So, yeah. Um, But, okay. One thing about this that I had questions about is like, how did you end up on the tail? Like, how did that work out? Was it like a Titanic situation? You know, because Rose was up top because she had money and she (laughs) bought a first class ticket up there where Jack was a broke boy who kind of like stole his way on the plane. We on the, not a plane. Titanic is not a plane. On the boat. (laughs) Can you imagine? It was in the basement <laughs> with the other broke boys, like where I would be if I was on Titanic. Uh, well, I wouldn't yeah. be on the Titanic because I'm black. But, well, yeah, I wouldn't be on a damn ship either. But like, <laughs> um, so like the so Mason when she yells at them, she she's she kind of breaks down what the whole um, I guess kind of almost like a little bit of the origin story of the train, not entirely. Um, so the when I guess when people were getting loaded onto the train. There's like the first class ticket holders. There was the economy class ticket holders. And then they, she calls them like the freeloaders, which is everybody else that's in the tail section. So essentially what I got from that is that they didn't really have the money, but I guess they were like, well, fuck it. Come on. The world's ending or whatever. Um, so we'll let some of y'all on, which I think, I think later on in the movie, Curtis says there was like a thousand people in the little space or whatever. And I was like, how the fuck? <laughs> how the fuck is anybody fitting in that little space like just from because i'm not really sure like how big the tail section is like that is that leads me to another thing though ashley yeah like how many people are actually on the plane and where do they live because we only see the people in the tail and then different people as we go through the sections but we don't see anything else and i feel like if we're going through the train we should see more of the people who actually live there yeah like we see some people not like in their like sleeping areas because i'm sure they'd have like a sleeping car somewhere like that's what i mean trains usually have sleeping cars um and there's like one section where they do have sleeping cars but it's like i think it's like the security section or like another part um closer to like the back of the train but yeah, they um, we don't really see where people like live and like sleep or whatever. But 
I think we like to assume there's like families because there's children on the train and and um and there's like older people on the train. So I think uh I think we're like meant to assume that there would be places they just wouldn't like show it because I mean the movie is two hours. Like <laughs> anyone showed all the intricacies yeah. of, the, of the train, it'd be like a fucking like two and a half hour, three hour movie. Um, but yeah, I think it's like we're just like meant to assume that there there are like living areas, but you actually see like the the tail section of living areas and they're like all stacked up on each other and like they have like little like dirty sheets like covering up their like areas and stuff. Like it's it's fucked up. <laughs> they are not doing well back there. They they aren't. Mm-hmm. Like cause like even Gilliam has like an umbrella for an arm. Which yes, he- We'll talk about how he got that later. Yes. Uh, and he's got, he's got like a, uh, he's missing an arm and a leg, which I didn't realize <laughs> that the first, I don't think I realized that the first time I watched this movie, I was like, oh, no, that's an umbrella. And that's, he's not, because I don't remember him like making it like past the tail section. And then I, um, when I was watching it, because I just watched it like this morning, um, like rewatched it. And I was like, oh, I did not remember him actually progressing that far but i got to like see more of him um but yeah they're all not good um andrew the way they do andrew is so fucked up because they like stick a weird like thing on his arm and then like shove his arm outside the window it's like night outside it's like ice everywhere and so they said he needs like seven minutes um i guess before his arm will like completely freeze um and then once his arm does freeze they like sledgehammer it and it shatters and so he's just like armless he's just like or at least he's got one arm less (laughs) than he did before so and they do this all in front of everybody like on purpose to like instill fear in them clearly as as mason is delivering this really uh ridiculous speech and and yeah and then she what does she say she says like the sacred engine she's calling the the sacred engine she's got a wilford ring on her and all kinds of stuff and um she's definitely indoctrinated like she you kind of get a bit of the propaganda that the citizens learn a little bit later yeah Um, there's a lot of propaganda about the train and wilford himself which you never even see him till like later until <laughs> so, like the almost the very end of the movie i'd say the last what like 15 20 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. he's like the wizard of oz <laughs> like you never see him and it's and like he's more him, myth than man yeah and then when you do see him it's all bullshit <laughs> yeah i did all this for what <laughs> this is like after they do all this to like andy and his arm like Curtis is fed up. So mm-hmm. he decides that it's about time for them to pop off. Like he's about to inside a riot. Um, he realizes um that the guards don't have bullets in their guns because during Mason's you are the foot, I am the head, you you know, you're the shoe, whatever speech. She tells a guard, like, put that useless gun away. And Curtis is like, so why is this gun useless? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, they don't have bullets. So mm-hmm. the I believe the next car, like, the next time they go to deliver their food, all of the passengers in the tail, like, post up and overtake the guards. They got big barrels. They 
bum rush the next car to make it out of the tail. And they get there, they get to the next car. And I believe the next car is like the prison car, right? Yeah, the prisoners. There's people in like, okay, this part was like kind of weird because like there was, there were like jail cells because this is a train. They looked almost like those little things they have at like, um, where they put like pets in, like those pet cages. They were just like stacked (laughs) and there was like people in them. And I was like, wait, (laughs) there's like such the, uh, the human rights violations on this train are. Yeah concerning <laughs> but yeah there's people in cages there's a guard uh gray comes up and like silently just goes and just swings above him and stabs him in the heart which i will say little luke pascal you know from skins i'm so proud of you for this movie i know you didn't talk that much in this movie you're like have like a you know a supporting role but i really am proud because Ooh, Freddie was a mess. If you ever watched Skins, goddamn that character. <laughs> so I was very happy. I did not like that generation. No, I didn't it was like that bad. generation, and I no. I did not watch it. I was like, oh, you not Tony? You not messy Tony? Oh no, no, thank you. Yeah, that whole well. Yeah, I watched up to the very last episode, the second to last episode, because they fucked freddie over and it was so bad and i was so upset and i was like i don't want to watch this anymore <laughs> but, I but i keep track of his like look like you know he has like little things he's in here here and there you know all the, a lot of the skins children are doing pretty well from themselves well you know oscar nominations and whatnot so i think they're doing pretty good over there <laughs> the alumni are doing really well uh but yeah the gray stabs the guy um they're looking for uh a supposedly like a security guard that knows the ins and outs of the train like he built the the security system because all the the sections are kind of operated um by like these doors i'm not sure like what you need to get through the doors um like if you need some sort of like id or something yeah, I don't. That wasn't really specified because nobody had anything really, and they didn't like nobody had to scan any like eyeballs or do fingerprints <laughs> or anything. No. no, but you had to like they had they needed they needed this guy to um to help them. I guess because he would know like the train because they they've never been anywhere outside of the tail section like this whole time like they've been just chilling back there, not chilling but like they've been back there for like almost 20 years um and they've never seen the front that the tail section doesn't even have windows like the security section has windows which is kind of odd <laughs> but the but the security section actually has windows and they actually can see outside and it's bright and it's um very very frozen everything is fucked up uh and so they find this guy who they have like in one of those like those uh like morgue drawers which is weird i don't know why they had him in that drawer Mm. i don't know if they just like could not figure out where to put him (laughs) (laughs) it might have been that kind of situation like i don't know brad oh no let's just put him in there yeah so the guy is an addict there's like this weird substance called crinolo crinolo Chronolo? No, <laughs> can't even say. <laughs> Chrono? I don't know that. 
I was call it crunkle, but it's definitely not crunkle, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> it's not crunkle, y'all. Oh, oh God. <laughs> yes, crunkle or jingle jangle. Let's do like Riverdale. <laughs> they were fucked up on the jingle jangle. <laughs> they were fucked up on jingle jangle. <laughs> but it's basically like this drug is like this, like in, it's basically industrial waste that people on the train get high off of and like hallucinate. And so um, this guy whose name is Nam, they uh, they bribe him and his daughter because his daughter is there um, named Yona. And they're both addicted to this this drug, which I feel like a lot of the people on the train are. I feel like you'd have to be just a little bit high to like have not gone completely nuts being stuck on this train for a however many years. Decades. If you're a kid that was born there, that's a little different. You don't know any better. But like, if you if you were someone who was like outside on Earth, and then all of a sudden, like you were on this like train for half your life or whatever, that would be awful. (laughs) Like, yes. I'm thinking about it now, and I'm like, oh my god, can you imagine? Um, but yeah, they 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 um they bribe him with this substance so he'll actually take them because he he kind of regards them as trash <laughs> too. He keeps calling them like pale section idiots and all kinds of shit. So like he isn't really. I mean, if they didn't have the drugs, then they'd be like, well, fuck it. And also something to note is that this drug is really flammable. So like they're just getting lit over there. <laughs> they're absolutely they lit. Um, and then the next section is, um, oh, this is the section where they see outside, which is like, it's empty beds and windows. They don't say what the section, do you know what this section was for? I don't remember. Like, cause they were just walking through the section. It could have been the guards quarters because I feel like that's they how you're right. messed up a lot of guards when they were getting out of the tail. So I feel like that's where the guards stayed. Um, yeah, it's probably right. It's been like Curtis said he's been on the train since it started, and he had seventeen or eighteen years out of the train. Yeah, he um, was seventeen in the train when he got on the train, and it's been seventeen more years. <laughs> so he is in his mid thirties on that bitch. Yeah, and he um. So he's one of the few people that remembers what life was like outside of the train. But I don't think Edgar, (laughs) I don't think Edgar ever saw like the sun, like the actual sun. Um, Yeah. And neither did Yona because Yona's a train baby. They called them like train babies. Oh, yeah, they did. Yes. Yona was 17. So she would have been born on the train, which I was Mm -hmm. thinking to myself, I was like, you know, there's always so much, such an inconvenience with like the apocalypse and, and pregnancy. Because <laughs> I would always, when I would watch The Walking Dead, I'd be like, God damn it, y'all pregnant. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> That'd be stressful, bruh. Like, you know I, what? it stresses me out when that happens. Like, I can't, I'd be like, okay. I mean, you can't like not have children, but also like the conditions to have these children in, like, Yo, yeah. <laughs> yo, I feel bad because you can't. I mean, I, I feel like if you weren't allowed to have children, that's like some sort of like form of like not. I mean, I wouldn't say sterilization, but you like you, you're not allowed to have kids. You like you're, you know, 
people are governing your reproductive systems and whatever but like also the tail section ain't it <laughs> so i don't know what they would do which is another i guess another form of like eugenics or whatever like the rich can have kids and yeah. the poor would be penalized for having kids but just yeah. i feel like just any sort of young person on this train <laughs> I'd be, I'd be very concerned about, which we see later, that there's genuine concern for all the kids yeah. that were born on the train. Um, and uh, oh, this is where we find out about the the protein blocks. What makes up the protein blocks? <laughs> they eating roaches, y'all. Which they I was, eating bugs. So this is the first question I had. Like, just did did bugs survive? It's train? a roach. It looked like roaches. Like they look like they centipedes look like... and roaches. <laughs> like, so, a lot of I would assume yes. Oh, if it was a roach, then yes. So they find like it looks like the people from the front of the train come back to the tail, just kidnap people and give them jobs. Mm-hmm. So this one dude, they were like, "Yo, Paul, what's up?" And Paul is just out of it because he's been in the food, the protein bar factory by himself for years Mm -hmm. um so he hasn't really interacted with anyone else he's just been mixing up them roaches to make protein bars Um, he's been eating it too he's been he's also been eating it too so that's where we're at (laughs) that's like working at mcdonald's or taco bell (laughs) and continuing to eat it oh dude i used to work at sonic for a summer and i like did not touch sonic for maybe like a year after that just because, like, I was like, I can't. I can't go over here. I don't want to. And it's not like anything, like, weird is in the food. Like, it's just frozen. Everything is fucking frozen. But I was just like, I just... Just the idea of partaking after being around it for, like, three months straight. I was like, no, we won't be doing that. But he don't have a choice. Which is kind of fucked up because they kidnapped him to make him work, but then he still gotta eat trash. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I mean, at least he don't have to live in squalor, I guess, but, like, and he gets to see the sun, but, like, bruh. You see mixing bugs. Up <laughs> bugs, like, um, so the only people who find, like, really find out that it's made from bugs is Andy and Curtis, because Andy was being nosy. And the dude he popped who's doing the drawings. The- oh, yeah. Like, what does that dude play in? I feel like I saw him in something, but I couldn't figure it out. The the guy um, who did the drawings? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I didn't recognize him. I know Andy is the um he was Spud in Train Spotting, which I just realized now because he looks super different in this movie. I think he's got like weird hair or something going on, which I don't think he really had a lot of hair in in uh train spotting. So it was kind of like, oh, that's a weird surprise, but um yeah, I don't know, but they got this guy doing drawings who um is kind of like chronicling the history of the tail section. Basically, they don't have any other way to like keep track of things uh and like different events because this whole like uprising that Curtis is leading is not even the first one. It's maybe the I don't know. I know there was one they mentioned one bef- like that happened four years prior. So this is not like a new thing. Like they haven't just been sitting there for like. 20 years like chilling back there like they've been trying to fight for their rights for pretty much as long as they've been on the train i feel like but um yeah they got the they got the art guy there as like they're sort of like documentarian and 
Curtis is like, hey, please don't draw this. <laughs> please don't draw the fact that we've been eating bugs for like 20 years. Let's not let the people know because the the rest of the tail section, the 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 group that came over with them, um, they are fighting over the protein bars or blurks or whatever we're calling them. They are haggling and ready to kill each other over those shits. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and that's why Yo, Curtis didn't want to shatter that illusion. I mean, which I look at Curtis. Curtis I mean, is just like so great. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what do you do? Like, hey, by the way, guys, stop eating right now. You know, you've been feeding your kids bugs for like, you know, their entire lives, their whole lives. Yeah, just just sit with that fact. <laughs> so, like, I don't. I mean, them. honestly, after a while, that's just what it is. Like, what are you gonna do? You know, honestly, they might just shrug do? and keep eating because ain't shit else. That's how I do. When I eat Taco Bell, I'm like, I know. Like, I know. Every time oh. you tell me that you're eating Taco Bell, I just like my the face, my eyebrows are like sky high. I'm like, Brittany, no, it doesn't have to be this way. <laughs> like, like, I, I know. Mean, I live in Texas. So there's, a te- there's a taco stand like everywhere. So like, I mean, if I didn't have to go to Taco Bell, I could be plenty. I could be fine. But like, no actually i eat it on purpose like i I do it on purpose i mean i eat chipotle on purpose and i feel ashamed every time i go there so i guess we're even (laughs) (laughs) i guess guess we're even neurovirus for everybody (laughs) (laughs) um so then this is when we come like so Every section, what I like about the movie is like every time you go to a different car or a different section on the plane, like literally something different happens and you never know mm-hmm. what's going to happen once that door opens. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they're leaving the bug protein bar section, the uh, door opens and it is a group of dudes with masks on their faces and hatchets and for whatever reason they have a fish (laughs) i don't know what the point of that fish was either and i think the director was like he i think he was trying to make a reference to the godfather he's like it really doesn't matter like it doesn't really mean anything but like i think he just had that sort of like luca brazo sleeps with the fishes or whatever but like yeah the fish was kind of weird because i thought somebody's gonna get like the fish thrown at them. It didn't happen. <laughs> I thought I it was, thought it was more gonna like happen. A, this, this fish, you. This fish, like this, you. This you. Yeah. Well, and they it. gut the fish and like it bleeds everywhere, and then somebody just like tosses it in the back, and they get to scrapping. <laughs> and it's so, yeah. a wild fight. Like they take the hatchets. And they go to work. Like, they go to work. They start, like, hacking people up. And then mm-hmm. Curtis is fighting folks. Somehow he get a hatchet. He and slips on a fish. What? He, he slips on the fish. <laughs> so, I guess there, there's your <laughs> there's your plot device. And he that saves him. Because yeah, did. he doesn't get fucked up. 
Um, but yeah. you can see Gray is having a blast. Like this is his shit. Gray he loves absolutely fighting. loves it. Gray is like um, I've been waiting to fight a bitch for a long ass time, and here this moment is. It's my time. I'm sure he probably did as much damage <laughs> as like Curtis and Edgar put together. <laughs> he does not care. I don't think he really like feels things. <laughs> he might be a psychopath. Honestly, that's. That's the truth. <laughs> what, like, what I thought was super unfair. So, like, the people from the tail are like winning this battle, but then all the lights go out, and yeah. I was like, "Oh no!" There's two things that happen. There's one is it, they declare it New Year's because they pass um, Yekaterina Bridge, um, which. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's a Russian name. So they must be in Russia at this point, or like what used to be Russia. Um, and it's New Year, because I guess at this is the point that... I don't know if they're saying that they got on the train at this point, like in Russia or wherever, because I'm like, well, first of all, how'd that happen? But then, um, yeah, they've basically chosen this bridge as like the marker for for each passing year on the train because every revolution that the train makes is one year. Um, and they are actually, they actually stopped fighting for a little bit because the train has to drive through like, um, I guess like there's like ice that is like kind of formed over the tracks. So the train has to like drive through the ice and like <laughs> the train is basically like popping wheelies <laughs> in some parts because <laughs> I was like, well, everybody, I guess, is not going to fight because I don't know if they need to just, like, keep the train level. So if they keep fighting, I mean, they'll all tumble off the side of the, the fucking cliff. Um, and then Tilda Swinton shows up. Mason shows up and says, happy Katrina uh, Bridge, you filthy ingrates. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ. And she uh, basically calls him ungrateful and undeserving of Wilfred's generosity. For having them even just live on the train uh and yeah this is what the part you were talking about where there is a tunnel and they uh they the i guess the guys have night vision goggles somehow mm -hmm. underneath yep. their like hoods but the tail section people do not have night vision so <laughs> you can see how that would be inconvenient yeah it and they get, it got they, to me they get handed like a lot of people i wonder like how many people went with them because they lose a lot of people a lot like a lot of mm -hmm. folks along the way and in this particular section this is where we lose a baby boy edward i mean edgar like he he wants to fight um but he doesn't make it. Like, he gets murdered. And I feel like it's it, it, it's it's sad, but it could have been sadder. I don't know why. Like, I feel like if we had let that moment breathe a little bit more, it mm -hmm. would have been a little sadder. Or had him go further in the train would have been a little better for me. I think he should have gone further in the train for one because he's like, you know, he's a he's a capable fighter. And the fucked up thing is that um, in like the whole scuffle or whatever, 
um, well, first of all, they've got people counting how many people are dying. They got like officials counting um, because Mason has declared that like, I think she says 74% of them, 74 or 75% of them are going to die. And so they've got them counting. I guess they're going to stop when there's 74%, 74, 75% of them dead. And then um, somehow um, Tilda is injured. I keep calling her Tilda. Mason is injured. Um, and so Curtis sees this. And so he recognizes like, okay, this is like, this is like Wilford's like mouthpiece. Like we should capture her. But also... My, you know, one of, like my best friend in the train or like the person that looks up to me is captured and he's clearly going to eat it. So like he's, you see him like kind of try to like he's torn and then he picks going after Mason because otherwise Mason would have like disappeared and they would have had to like meet here again probably at a later point. Um, And Edgar is hurt by that. He, he tries to to fight back a little bit but he gets stabbed like right in the back i believe and he's um he's dead uh, and a lot of other people are dead a lot of them are, are gone i don't even know if they made it to their little 74 or 75 percent or whatever but they go through the tunnel it's light again and mason is captured uh and i think uh gillian is like hey y'all just take showers <laughs> we're at the water section now take showers um clean yourselves up because oh, i don't know how many people it was mostly dudes though i think i think octavia was there or tanya yeah she was there tanya was, was there but there's not like a whole lot of women i don't believe in that no. i feel like it was just tanya and yona That's yeah and, and yona got it. hidden Yona got hidden behind like a little panel. Like her dad was like, "Here, you stay <laughs> over in the corner, please. Don't, don't, don't get too close." Um, and she accidentally uh, impales that one dude. <laughs> yeah, she impales that one dude, and he grabbed her face with his bloody hand. And I was like, "Oh no, please no, not, not this bloodborne pathogens." Oh no. This <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really becoming a fear of mine because every time I was like, oh, exposed wounds. <laughs> no, thanks. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Um, so the next section is the water section. And this is when they uh, interrogate Mason. Tanya and Andrew interrogate Mason over where their kids are. Like, where did they send the kids? Because so far they haven't seen them. Um, and... You know, Mason's over there on her propaganda shit talking about the injured is sacred and Wilford is divine. <laughs> and then they're like, well, where are the kids? And this is the part that like kind of freaked me out a little bit. They're like, she's like, oh, yeah, Wilford likes kids. And I was like, pause. How exactly does he like kids? <laughs> like, what are you uh, saying? Yeah. What are you saying? Because I don't like what you're saying. Because the kids are like, I don't think they're anywhere five. Yeah, they're like babies pretty much. Um, but she doesn't really go into detail about that. Um, and there's also like a big thing about how because Curtis and Gilliam had kind of uh planned on like taking the water train or the water car and um using that as like a negotiation tool because you know if they control the water, then they um can control like how you know 
how negotiations would go as far as like you know offering them better treatment and you know not you know keeping them back in squalor uh and mason's like well um y'all are dumb (laughs) she's like the train takes water from the front and like kind of distributes it to the back like it doesn't so basically like the tail section ain't gonna get any water if they if they hold the water hostage and they would die. Which I mean, I don't feel like they're getting a whole lot of water in the first place now, but like they're really not gonna get any water. And she says, you know, if if you take me along with you, I can help you get you through. But also, like you'll have to kill Wilford and let me live. And they're like, okay, but then also, um, she takes out her teeth. I don't know why. That's Tilda being on that shit. That's what that was. <laughs> that was oh, an actor's choice. That was an actor shit. But we should also say her character. Do you know like all the things that like, she based her character off of? It was pretty telling. Uh, Sarah Sanders. She. Oh, oh that's God. free, free. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> she like the type. She's like the type. I'm so. But what did? I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired of seeing that picture. The picture haunts me. I'm so tired of it. It's like a fucking like jack o' lantern. I'm sick of it. A jack o' lantern of lies. <laughs> so of oh gosh. Um. So she Tilda ma- modeled Mason on a mix of Margaret Thatcher, Colonel Gaddafi, Adolf Hitler, and Silvio Berlusconi. Berlusconi. Sorry. Um and I Okay, girl. I definitely see Margaret Thatcher because she kind of is dressed like an older like woman. She's got like kind of like big glasses. She's got like real uh like buck teeth or whatever. And I was like, okay, this I'm seeing Margaret all up in there. Um with like the old tweed too. Like she she's got like a big ass fur coat and stuff. And I was like, okay. But then also like <laughs> when she took out her teeth, I was like for why? Why would you take out your teeth in this moment? We nobody need to know that you didn't have any teeth. Put those back. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know why she decided to do that. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so they're gonna take her along and and use her, I guess, as um as a way to get farther in the train. And they progress to the next car. Is this okay? Um, this is the car where they meet, they go into, like, the classroom, right? Well, there's a garden first. There's, like, a garden car where there's, like, actually, there's, like, actually two cars that are, like, full of food. Um, because, oh, yeah, we should say, too, like, the group has, like, been drastically reduced. So they, um... Like, Gilliam says, I'll stay back here and we'll, like, tend to the wounded and stuff and y'all go ahead. So, the group is, like, uh, Mason, Tanya, Yona, Nam, Gray, Curtis, and Andrew. And so, they go through the next section, which is uh, a bunch of food and, like, grass. And not grass, but, like, um, like trees and plants and stuff, which you would think, like, there wouldn't be any. Um, and so Yoda has never like even seen dirt or trees or green things. She like her dad is like, this is this stuff right here is that's what's under all the snow outside. And she's like, what the fuck do I do with it? So can I eat? Can I eat this <laughs> green shit? Like, <laughs> like she has no idea what to do. Um, 
And then there's also like an aquarium section too, like the stuff you would see at like SeaWorld, like the t- like the the arch or whatever. Stingrays, <laughs> yeah, the and... stingrays and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, this is truly like Noah's Ark. Like you would just grab everything and like put it on the train, <laughs> like it just grab whatever you can grab, throw the stingrays in there, all kinds of shit. <laughs> I was like, for any other purpose, like, why would you bring a stingray with you? But, you know, there's a stingray. Uh, and there's, like, a sushi chef right next to the aquarium section. Um, we're That's messed up. Also- That's messed up. It is a little, you know, it's like, somebody's, I saw a tweet today that was talking about, is there anything more capitalistic than a peanut and a top hat and monocles selling you peanuts to eat? <laughs> <laughs> I feel about the sushi stuff. Like here, let me just <laughs> don't look at your brethren as I chop them up into little slices. <laughs> your little fish brethren. Uh <laughs> but the sushi is also served twice a year, like in January and July, to like maintain balance. So like there's this whole like theme once again of like maintaining order because like there's the the aquarium is like an ecosystem. You can't, you know take out too many and can't you know leave too many in there um and then (laughs) mason is also about to eat some sushi and curtis is like actually no you know what you would like you'd like a protein block (laughs) take the protein block here a little gelatinous a little wiggly (laughs) you might enjoy it that show is nasty um and the next section is the meat section so there's like i don't know how old this meat is Considering there's no cows on the train. 17 years old. I mean, you know, if you salt the meat well enough, I guess it will last for a while. It's cold and getting hot. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's like one big ass freezer on there, but they've got meat. So these people are basically, they're eating like normal ass food. Like they're not sitting up there eating trash. They're not sitting up there eating uh, bugs for any particular reason. It would be kind of, I think it'd be kind of unheard of to, to assume that they would be. And this is the section now is the classroom full of kids. And this is when the movie gets to the point where I was like, okay, this is some fucked up shit. <laughs> the classroom um, full of um, potential Hitler youth or something. Hitler's uh, young boys club. <laughs> Their young boys club, yeah. Oh, um, so I feel like honestly, some of this should happen earlier in the movie to get a better feel of like how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go into the classroom and we're like they're having a class and we're celebrating New Year, so they're like talking about stuff, learning lessons. Um one part they have a video like a video on the screen in the classroom where you learn about how Wilford was obsessed with trains when he was younger and everybody thought he was a weirdo because of trains but he then he built this wonderful train he built like a luxury train thing that was supposed to go around the entire earth and so this is already like pre-planned and also People made fun of him for it because it was so overly, like, packed with, like, amenities and shit. Like, because when you go farther in the train, there's, like, 
there's like a steam room, there's a pool, there's all kinds of shit. I mean, you already just saw like an it's aquarium. A club. They got the club they got a there. Club on the train. They got aquariums. They got like it's. I mean, on any normal train from wherever to wherever, there wouldn't be all that bullshit. <laughs> but also, you could think like, you know, this probably costs a lot of money <laughs> to to like ride. And also, why would you want to be on a train for a year? Mm. I would. Yeah, good point. But no, yeah, that's why they, they flamed them for that. So yeah. Um, but like they had like a little map, and you could see like how the year works on the train like when they go to a certain section this is where they are like this is what time of the year it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. um which i feel like that should have kind of been explained a little earlier somehow um because this is like an hour 15 into the movie or something like that and i'm just like i don't know if they would even know because they would never be able to see outside so they wouldn't have any idea where they were I mean, not that they have any idea now because the world is like an ice ball, but like they wouldn't really, even if you knew like, oh, we're at this part of the, of the train, like, or we're at this part of the world, like you wouldn't be able to see it. So you wouldn't have any of these markers. Like you, you wouldn't know that it was like the bridge because like what bridge (laughs) and there's no windows to see the bridge would, um, and also they wouldn't have the kids that close to like the pores. (laughs) So I don't know when they I mean they I kind of like how they like slowly unfold it because you can kind of see like how fucking like insane people are on this train because the teacher is teaching them about um the sacred engine and how um Wilford was the one and they're like you know this like godlike figure and the, uh, the people on the train are like the chosen ones to like live on this wonderful train that has the eternal engine. And, you know, if the engine stops, then what happens? We all fuck, we all freeze and die. <laughs> like, they're like singing like, like nursery rhymes. They're singing nursery oh. rhymes. They're dabbing a little bit. This is pre dabbing, but like they're like, Wilford, <laughs> hit the dab. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, these kids are in. Oh God. And then, there's even like rumors about the tail section people because the one little blonde girl in the front was like, well, I heard that all the tail section people are lazy and they sleep in their own shit. And I was like, bruh. <laughs> it's like, okay. Like, um. And then also like the thing they talk about in the video too is that somehow Wilford knew that the CW7, which is the 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 product that they shot up into the into the atmosphere to um i guess it's like i don't know what they refer to it but they i mean they shot this substance up in the air and basically to stop global warming and that's the whole reason why the earth is is cold now and they were like wilford knew and i was like did he have something to do with the cw7 like did he have yes stock in it i feel like he would because most rich people do yes i believe that he probably was like yes y'all so shoot this up into the atmosphere explode the atmosphere right because global warming that's how it works (laughs) let's explode this atmosphere right and while he's like yes exploding this atmosphere is about to stop global warming breath like let's do this let's get it popping and meanwhile he's in his basement on his train shit like yeah, then we're gonna hit this car up that way. Hit this. <laughs> He's building his train in secret. And then he debuted his train, like, hey, y'all, got this new luxury train. We got a club. 
and an aquarium on this train. Y'all should get aboard. Doo doo. And then the atmosphere explodes. And now everybody is clamoring to get on this train, paying him money. He's super rich. And that's why mm-hmm. he can stay in the engine, the sacred yeah. engine. This is uh, also a, like a lesson in, um, in, in trusting really rich people when they do philanthropic things. Because usually that ain't um that ain't the the motivation <laughs> at all a little bit more sinister than that <laughs> and the the term we are looking for in this little uh section is climate engineering um that's what they do when they explode the atmosphere as Brittany likes to say <laughs> yeah boom explode in the atmosphere but you know like yes. some people were actually talking about we i think we saw this tweet like a couple months ago like some people from like harvard or something were like you know what we should do we should just like block out the sun and i was like you go to harvard you pay money from what i'm I, my understanding is someone is paying money either you or a scholarship fund or whatever is paying money for you to think that blocking out the sun will fix things. I was like, the sun is necessary <laughs> to grow food. <laughs> I like the like at my basic level, as someone who took like one science class in college and has not looked at any science shit since, even I know you need the sun to grow things. <laughs> like, yeah, you are right. I'm like, you do um, need the sun. I mean, like, the sun is a bitch, but, like, you need the sun. <laughs> like, I was like, I mean, the problems, the, the solutions have been outlined, I feel like, for many, many, many years now. And it's like people just be like, here, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? I'm like, the, the solution is there. It's not an easy solution, but it exists. <laughs> and here y'all go, like, actually, let's just freeze the earth. Let's fuck it. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, oh, God, how dumb can you be? And you let people know that you're that dumb. <laughs> and I'm sure somebody's going to be like, yeah, 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 let's, let's fund this. Let's, um, let's do like a think tank and like, you know, really get this going. And here we go. And then, and then Elon Musk is going to un- unveil his fucking train. <laughs> that he's that he's, he's probably going to jail, so he's not going to oh, do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he might like, be a lot. What is it? Stock tampering or something? I, I don't know. I don't know. He's I, probably I going for, to jail. I forget what he. I forget what he did. But I know he like released stock <laughs> at like four twenty, four dollars and twenty cents to be funny. And I was like, you see how rich people should not. <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't. And then also like him and his Twitter. I told y'all about Twitter. If you're rich, just stop. Just Beyonce that shit. Don't don't post. Just have it saved. Release some pictures every couple of years. Or not years, but like, you know, a few months. Make your children <laughs> take your pictures. And sometimes it feels like years, man. Sometimes I'm like, damn, Beyonce, where you at? You know, let your children <laughs> take your pictures. You know, that's your little, like, that's your social media engagement. And then just like leave it alone. Just have a burner account, you know? <laughs> and like a real burner account. 
just like scroll and look and be like, ha, that's cute. And then keep it moving. You ain't got to comment. You ain't got to like. You ain't got to do that. Don't forget to switch your burner account. Like, don't post on your like real account thinking it's your burner account because I've seen that happen plenty of times now. <laughs> like, <laughs> these basketball people out here, they don't know. <laughs> so I'm hoping somebody else. <laughs> I hope if you're like a rich scientist somewhere or whatever that you have like a little modicum of sense <laughs> like just a little bit to know that you shouldn't post on your your real account but you know I just I mean I'm just I can see this train happening the more we talk about it <laughs> yeah and the shit stresses me right. if, if you had a chance between freezing to death and going on the train what would you pick where I'm broke. <laughs> I was about to say, where am I gonna be on the train? In the tail like, section with Curtis. <laughs> okay, with Curtis. Eh. Okay, I get on the train. <laughs> <laughs> is but is like Curtis big- going to be there? If Curtis is going to be there, yes, give me on the train. If Curtis, Curtis is not, not like going to be there, like. Curtis, like, this is yes. Curtis and not Chris Evans because Chris Evans would be in front. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could take a broke Chris Evans. Like, we could have a legal baby back but there. This is like, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, if you had like like seventeen year old Chris Evans too. Um, wait, how old would I be? Like, what twelve? Wait. <laughs> I oh shit! I don't know. Oh, um, okay. Let's 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 make the ages like relative. Like y'all are both seventeen or whatever. Oh sure, I'll be back there in love with uh broke Curtis, dirty. Probably have like lice Curtis. It's fine. Oh god, it probably smells terrible. <laughs> we can. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to imagine pretty living in squalor for love. <laughs> <laughs> we could eat these roach bars because I love Curtis. Girl. But if there is no Curtis, let me freeze to death outside. Like no Curtis, <laughs> just let me freeze. Yeah, let me. Um... I cannot pay back student loans if I am a icicle. So I would hope nobody was trying to make anybody pay back any fucking debt. <laughs> Like, there is no debt at this point. Like, I know y'all are rich and I'm poor, but like, I'm not paying back shit. Sally Mae can kiss my ass. (laughs) I feel like a Sally Mae representative will be in the front of that train. (laughs) And not only do you, you have to live in the tail, you also have to make payments on your student loans. Just because money literally means nothing, but you still gotta pay. I would derail that train immediately. <laughs> as soon as I got on that bitch. Oh, you want me to pay back this shit still? Oh, no. Let <laughs> me go take my chances and just turn into a popsicle. Because <laughs> there's no point. <laughs> oh, God, no. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so in the classroom... There's also, they talk about certain certain other, like, revolts that have happened, such as, like, the revolt of the seven, where uh, earlier seven people tried to stop the train, and I think that failed, um, and so they instead decided to jump out of the train and froze to death, and you can actually see 
the the seven and how far they made it and they did not make it very far and i guess they just kind of like froze in place so they're kind of like this weird like they have like these weird like monuments that they have to let them know like one like where they are but also like what time of year it is um because there are no seasons (laughs) and this also is kind of fucked up so i didn't realize when they were talking about this but this like nam actually knew the woman who orchestrated like the escape because it was mm-hmm. Yona's mother. I did not realize it was Yona's mother. That I like, did not realize that either. Because he was just talking about, like, he was just talking about her like she was a woman that he knew. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, she was um, Inuit. Yeah, she was a cleaning woman up from the front. And she got sick of everybody's shit. And she was <laughs> like, I'm out. And he was just talking about her, like, really passively. It wasn't like... Mm-hmm. He was like, "This was Bay. She was about that life. She hopped yeah. out and froze to death." But it also so, kind of makes I didn't sense. Do that. I think I think it was like one of those like extra things that like the director kind of because I when I was looking on Wikipedia and like other places, but like um, looking through interviews and stuff, like he had like uh, like little things that he was kind of like, "Oh, well, this is what I you know like the backstory that we kind of like came up with or whatever." For the characters that necessarily that isn't necessarily in the movie um but yeah i think that's i mean it kind of like makes sense like time wise i don't know like what like how long ago the like the revolt of the seven was from like when the events of the movie take place but like since yona's been on the train her entire life she doesn't know anything else she's ever seen or touched the ground <laughs> then it kind of would make sense that um but you can kind of see like the desperation people had, like like people were like, "Man, fuck it, I'll take my chances." <laughs> like <laughs> I'm getting out this bitch. I mean, shit. Maybe there is a student loan representative on the fucking train. <laughs> <laughs> That's what like that is when I'm like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Like I mean, I'm out. yeah. She took seven people and was like, "Nope, we're going." Um. <laughs> And so, uh, oh, and this is when the the we see the violinist come back. Uh, I don't remember his name, but he comes back in. Um, he's playing like like a New Year's song. Um, and, and he's clean. He's he clean. is fresh as fuck. Yeah, he's he, clean. He's had a bath. Um, and Wilford has sent boiled eggs, which <laughs> all right. Um, which is also like these, this food is kind of, um, like a lot of this food that they, they like show in the movie, like all the tail, uh, the tail people are like, yo, we thought this was extinct. Like y'all have like food here, like, like eggs and like from like live things, (laughs) not bugs. Um, but he has sent them eggs as like a New Year's thing. Uh, Curtis gets one and he sees that there is a bullet in his egg. And uh, the teacher is like, yeah, well, um, you know, you thought a lot of things were extinct, but actually not. And she pulls out a gun and just gets to. <laughs> She'd be like, pop, 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 pop. letting the chopper sing. <laughs> she- she was shooting like uh that fake story that Soulja Boy told that one time. Like that's how she was shooting the gun. <laughs> like if y'all ever see that clip with Soulja Boy talking about how he shot all these niggas and shit, that's how Allison Peel 
was shooting. Is this a recent story? People. Is this a recent No, it's like from a couple years ago. And he's like, so boom. It's like a so boom <laughs> kind of story. <laughs> oh, well, you know that's a fake one then. That I ain't so boom. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. <laughs> and I'm just like, bah, 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 bah. Why would you tell people like, that you shot somebody? Tell your boy. That's me. That's how I'm going to tell some stories about me shooting folks. I just came out like, pop, pop, pop. Pop, 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 pop. But anyway. I feel like she, did she hold the she gun sideways. She didn't, she didn't hold the gun sideways, but you know, you feel like you she could have. Like, she could have just. Because <laughs> also, she's pregnant, too. That's the thing we didn't mention. She's pregnant, like, visibly pregnant. I would say, like, six or seven months pregnant. Like, very, so, very pregnant. She pulled out the chopper, like, um, you ain't supposed to be here. <laughs> and, in like, while she's shooting at them, like, she, Andy's gone. Andy does not make it. Not Andy. Andrew. Andrew, Andrew mm-hmm. doesn't make it. He's the first one gone. Mm-hmm. And in the back, um, is a bald dude who delivered the eggs. He is shooting people in the tail. So he's mm-hmm. further like calling the um people in the uh tail, like just mowing them down, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um it's I was like, dang, this is uh messed up. Yeah. Um and then there's also the the little transmission, the special eight because it's eighteen years now. It's eighteen years of this bullshit. And there's a little transmission on the little TV, and you see that Gillian has been shot point blank by one of the henchmen. Um, I guess it's like Mason's little like guard or whatever. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. he's murdered on camera, and Curtis is like visibly shaken because now he's lost like two of his like closest people, and um. He goes up to Mason and she's like, no, 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 it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Cause she's been doing this like the whole time. She's like, it's not me. I promise it's not. It's Wilford. It's Wilford. And she go, he goes up to her and pops her clean between the eyes. He's like, well, we're moving to the front. <laughs> so Mason's gone. And Curtis is basically on a, a journey of vengeance at this point. Because <laughs> he's seen both of his friends die. We've seen like a number of his other um other people like back in the tail section like they you know died right in front of him so he's he's going through it <laughs> going a little going a little through it over there uh and so like the next few sections are kind of cool like they kind of go through these kind of fast actually um there's like the fancy dining car there's tailors there's dentists there's like people in like nice clothes I guess like. I don't know, like at a bar kind of thing. Like it's a little fancy, like like almost like a library bar kind of thing. There's a hair and nail salon. There's like a shallow swimming pool. Like, you know, Wilford, you know, Wilford had, you know, some plates were made with all the amenities. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> that shit probably cost like a grand to go on that train, but like <laughs> a couple grand to get on that fucking train, actually. But you know, it's like some stuff. I mean, if you if you paid good money, I guess you get to enjoy like the nice things. Because I, I mean, the people in the tail section don't know about any of this shit. <laughs> They're like, ah, uh, interesting. Uh, and then the next, oh, 
so yeah, the next section is um like a steam room, I believe. Mm-hmm. There's like little like lockers, and they've been uh, they've been tailed by this guy who's I guess the guy who shot uh, Gilliam. They've been tailed by this guy. At one point, they're like on a curve, like the track is on a curve, and they're like shooting at each other through the windows. I'm like, that can't really be good for the train. <laughs> for exactly, that's what I was thinking. Because like, wouldn't that freeze everything inside? Like, wouldn't that be dangerous? I would somebody lose the eyeball to the cold. Like, would. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like like something would happen with the windows, like something uh like you know, if they would like shatter or something. I don't really know how these windows work. I'm sure they're doing like a good job, you know, keeping out the cold air or whatever, but also like I mean when the when you have like a crack, like multiple cracks in them. That car doesn't seem like it's gonna yeah. be usable for very long. But, you know, I, I mean when you try to kill people, I guess you don't give a shit <laughs> about everybody else. But honestly, Ashley, it doesn't really matter after this point. Like, <laughs> moving forward, it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, everybody can get it. Because one person gets shot, like, the, the I guess the, um, I guess he's like a hitman, I guess. Um, He, he shoots like a, a uh, front section passenger and like one of the guards is with him is like that's not allowed and then he gets shot and the other dude's like man I didn't see shit <laughs> but you, you don't have to I ain't seen nothing I don't even know where he went I think he just went in like one of the steam rooms like waited out because he's like I don't want no smoke uh, and then there's like a whole scene in the steam room uh, where we lose like more people Is including Tanya yes like um Academy Award winning uh, Green Book producer. Well, I don't want to say that yet. That's too... Let me... Those statements are split up. (laughs) (laughs) You can edit it out. Edit it out. Don't jinx it. Edit it out. (laughs) Octavia has an Oscar. But... She does have an Oscar. But not for Green Book. And (laughs) And she's also... (laughs) A producer. Is she an executive producer? Yeah, you know the producers. I get believe the, she is. You know the producers get the best picture. Like they get yep. the award. Yes. So, so um, yeah, yeah. I won't be watching the Oscars. I just can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I usually can't do it, but I really can't do it. <laughs> it's too much. It's a stake. <laughs> it's gonna be a shit show. Oh my god. Um. But yeah, um, noted uh, producer Octavia Spencer uh, had shot, which I thought like some of these deaths were kind of like quick. But also, I think like in a normal situation, I like Tanya making it that far is a little far fetched. She should have been gone where Edgar yeah. didn't make it. I think honestly. they would. I think they would have split it up. I mean, you know, a mother fighting to see her baby again, like that's. I mean. That's a strength that I don't know. But, like, also, I mean, there were hatchets. Multiple hatchets. And bullets. Like, yeah. she, she, I mean, she made it far. Not to say that she shouldn't have made it far, but I just feel like it was, like, kind of unrealistic a little bit. Um, and they kind of, like, got rid of her really quickly. <laughs> so like, it's like, it kind of sucked how <laughs> they got rid of her. Uh, and then, um, 
there's like a big fight and gray is stabbed through the hand and then oh it was kind of this is kind of fucked up because he like the guy kind of like pushes his hand into his chest so he like essentially stabs himself uh and grace does that because in the the thing curtis is knocked unconscious Mm -hmm. and the assassin man has like an upper hand on curtis and he's gonna stab him but grace sticks out his little hand and takes a knife instead yeah and it was a little sad and that's when he like technically stabbed himself yeah yeah R.I.P. to my guy. Uh, so I think Curtis, Yoda, and Nam are like the last of the group and like that are left, and they basically tag team and kill the dude, or so we thought. And, <laughs> and Curtis has to make a promise to Tanya that, like, you know, they will find her son because they, I mean, they've gone through the classroom, they ain't seen him there, they ain't seen him in all these other little places, so they currently have no idea where the baby is. Um. And then this is the next section, which is the section I would like to be in personally, which is the rave section. <laughs> it's nothing but like rave music and like wine and booze and drugs. I'm not saying I would be participating in the drugs. I just would like to be in the party section. <laughs> like, out of all the sections, I think this would be the section for me. Wait, okay. A little, I think this is a little before the the rave section because i feel like the rave section is when you get to the mid- the middle but this is i think this is my favorite part of the movie so nam is saying that he wanted the crunkle or the cron chrono the crunkle the you know jingle jangle when you say that you remind me of grunkle stan from gravity falls <laughs> Oh, I love Grunkle Stan. Oh. <laughs> That's what I hear. That's what I hear. <laughs> he wanted the like the drugs so he could blow this bitch up. Like mm-hmm. he wants to blow up a hatch, um, just so he could see if like there's life outside. Like that's his plan. He feels like it's about time we could get off this train now. Um, yeah, he he um tells Curtis that they um there is a plane that he kind of observes every new year that um at one point was like completely covered in snow and then I think you'd only see the wings but now you can see like the nose and the tail so he's basically figured out like the snow is receding in theory um I mean, it could have been something else. It could have been, like, an avalanche or some shit. I don't know. But, like, it could have been, like, the snow just got moved. But essentially, like, you know, the I think, like, he said, like, 10 years before, maybe, like, it was completely covered. And now it's slowly starting to um, reveal itself through the snow. So, you know, at this point, like, maybe they could start living outside. Now, I don't know how they would do this. <laughs> because there ain't really a lot of things left outside. Like, as far as, like, tools, because, like, he's currently smoking, like, the last cigarette on Earth, apparently, and he's got, like, probably the last few matches on Earth. <laughs> I'm like, how would y'all make a fire? How would y'all get food? He just ain't got there yet. Like, you know, baby steps. He'll get there eventually. You know, it'll all work itself out. As Billy McFarlane would say. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <Billy> <laughs> uh, 
Oh. I honestly feel like these people play pay Fire Festival money to get on this train. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, bruh, like y'all was promised the villa and this is what you <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Can you imagine paying all that money like, and being like, oh, here's your ja- your jacked up cheese sandwich? <laughs> I see. I'm too like. I'm glad that I am broke and don't understand that lifestyle because Girl. paying like I feel like those people pay like at least like sixty thousand dollars to hang out on an island with Ja Rule, like Ja Rule, like y'all not hanging out with nobody. But you hanging out thing. with Ja Rule. This is the thing too. It's like, why would I want to hang out? No, I mean like, not to discredit his like legacy or whatever. Is like you know one of the premier <laughs> rap song collaborators <laughs> of the late what, 90s what? The, the premier what? rap song crib you know what the job rule and little mo collaborations were hot don't lie and ashanti and, ashanti. and then and then 50 cent came and fucked all that up <laughs> for him so sometimes you just get bum rushed in your career and you have to come back as a scammer it's fine you're not the only one i'm sure there's plenty but you know i wouldn't personally pay like legal tender to hang out with job rule i can just listen to shit on spotify that's what it's for Like, I'm not going to discredit his legacy, but oh. also, like, my guy. Like, I'm not going to pay the girl. For what? Did them people even know who Ja Rule was? Oh. I don't believe any of those people knew who Ja Rule was. Of course they did not. They, the one, one guy, person. One of the investors is like, yeah, he's going to have Ja Rule. And he started talking about Japelle's show and how they're like, we had to get Ja Rule on the case or whatever. And I was like, you don't know who Ja Rule is. Stop that. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I refuse to believe you know who Ja Rule is, other than like a meme. But anyway, <laughs> oh, these people! Uh, I hope they do not pay fire festival prices to get on this train because, I mean, they... it's likely. Mm. It's likely. Unfortunate. Uh, so yeah, I think they've made it to the front by this point. Wait, Ashley, we're forgetting the best part. Well, of the whole movie. Okay. They've made it almost to the point. She's been sitting here on her hands waiting patiently. I can just feel her energy through the computer screen. <laughs> so this is when Dorito proves that he is an actor. Oh, God. So while... <laughs> while like, we're learning, like, yeah, bro, we could live outside now, maybe. Curtis... <laughs> Is like I've seen some shit. He I've has been through some it. Shit. He has been through it. And he, he says that like after he is like after he first got on the plane, like on the plane, on the train, <laughs> that on the Titanic. It, it <laughs> when he got on the Titanic down in the basement, <laughs> it was doing the iron dig with the other people down there. <laughs> the broke boy Irish jig. <laughs> oh, God. He, every, 
everything kind of got was really bad back in the tail. Mm-hmm. And people were eating ass. Like literally. No, start <laughs> over. <laughs> start over. <laughs> the, the people down there were resor- resorting to cannibalism <laughs> to survive. Not eating so, ass. They they were because I watched Alive, Ashley, when I was younger. And what did those people on that that soccer team do to stay alive? They ate ass, Ashley. Okay. It's a tender meat. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, please stop her. Please stop her. So he had, okay, so everybody was uh, doing the cannibal Hannibal. And and Curtis killed this lady. He killed this lady because he found out this lady was hiding a baby. Mm -hmm. And he says, he says, you know what I hate about myself? I know what people taste like. I know that babies taste best oh god so uh curtis has eaten a baby (laughs) and he murdered a lady so he could eat her baby he did he did and that baby was edgar (laughs) he killed edgar's mama so he could eat edgar as a baby (laughs) and gilliam stopped him Gilliam stopped him like, bruh, you don't need to eat this baby, bruh. It's okay. You care. And Gilliam uh, cuts off his arm. It's like, okay, this is the part where I was like, this this. is illogical. Because who just cuts off their arm? It's like, here, eat from my flesh. (laughs) Jesus. No, you be in pain. Just... You can eat my arm. And then Curtis says, and then people just start cutting off arms and legs. And I guess we was eating them like Popeyes. <laughs> and and he tried to cut off his arm from, too, but he didn't. I don't think he can. He went through with it because he has like a big ass scar in his arm. But he did not give his arms to the cause. And the next day, that's when they started to get the protein bars. Yeah, they they basically left them back there with no food for like a month and like let them kill each other, basically. And then I don't I, was it the next day or was it like another month? I can't even remember. Like they basically let them like starve back there and like maim each other <laughs> for like and eat babies and eat babies. And then, you know, eat each other. That was the one thing I was like, okay, that's not really logical for like everybody just like cutting each other's arms off. I think there'd be like a mass, like, like gangs of men <laughs> rolling around like like what he did. Like gangs of men just running around being like, stab. <laughs> like I'm I'm here to take from your flesh. He's like so like I just honestly picture like somebody's just like literally cutting off a finger and like chewing on it like a rib. Oh god. Like <laughs> as a snack. This is but that's just how my brain works. Well now here's here here's another question. This brings up another question. If you had to, would no. you you don't even know what I'm about to say? <laughs> <laughs> 
Would you eat Chris Evans if you had to? <laughs> like how? Like like the cannibalism. <laughs> oh, okay. Really thought. Um, really thought. <laughs> really thought I wanted. I was talking about her cannibalizing him. Not cannibalizing him, cannibalizing him. <laughs> My Hannibal theory. But anyway. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm a vegetarian, so oh, well, no thing. Oh, so Brittany would not make it. <laughs> That's what she's doing. No. You don't. No, I would be dead in like three days. Like, so guys. <laughs> so long, so guys, um. I'm a fake-ass vegetarian. You guys don't have shrimp back here? Oh, my God. I can't get any salmon or anything. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? I don't have fresh vegetables, like canned vegetables. Can I get a Taco Bell burrito back here? Can I get a seven-layer? What? Oh, no. I'd, and then I would, I would definitely eat somebody before I eat Taco Bell. <laughs> like, off the top. No. <laughs> I would absolutely have to cut somebody's arm off before I... I'd eat Taco Bell. <laughs> I think the only thing I could eat from Taco Bell is maybe like the tortilla. Maybe. That's a strong maybe. <laughs> That's a strong maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I would, I don't think I would be able to eat a person. I mean, I don't no. know. I've never been in that situation. Well, I've never been stranded in a situation where I'd have to like choose life and death and if I'm going to eat a person or not. Because it happens to people like, like, um, like Everest climbers and stuff, like they've had to like kill each other. That happens a lot. And like, at least in stories, like when people get like stranded and they have no food, and they eventually turn to cannibalism to survive. And mm, I don't know, man. I might be, uh, I might be with you over there in the corner starving. <laughs> like, I don't, or they kill I don't us. Think I could do it. Like, I can't. Definitely. I'm thick. Like, I'm a pretty plus, bruh. Like, I could feed, like, 10 men, bruh. Like, so. <laughs> definitely. I'm definitely gone. Oh, God. <laughs> the first they came for us. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. No, it's true. We'd definitely be out of there. I'm definitely not hacking up no baby, though. I'm sorry. That's that's some desperation. You don't want no baby back ribs. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I was gonna say those are some tiny ribs, but I feel like that would go down a road. <laughs> That'd be just that would go down. This, you know what? It's called you go down fast. <laughs> like, but then you wouldn't want John Hurt. You wouldn't want John Hurt either because he's old and weathered. <laughs> His old grizzled meat. Oh. <laughs> All right, Peter John Hurt, but like, <laughs> just, like... <laughs> All right, Peter to the god, to the actor god, but like, <laughs> like, bruh. man, would you? You mean Curtis got a lot of guilt up there? He going through it. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, first you tried to kill his best friend, mom, and then tried to kill his mom, and then you let 
him die after trying to kill him years later. <laughs> like, it's, it's, <laughs> the struggle Carter's he's going, going through. through it. He's going through it. Um, and because he never wanted to be a leader in the first place. That's a big thing in this movie. He doesn't want to be a leader at all, which I mean, we can like kind of tie that back to sorry to bother you. That man, like, Cash ain't trying to lead nobody, he's not really trying to get into involved with anything. And then Curtis is like, listen, I'm just trying to here to get us to the front. And then once we get to the front, Gillen, you do the leading because I don't want to do it. And then like once everybody starts dying and shit, they're like, bruh, you gotta, you want to step in. And he's like, do I have to? <laughs> like, do I really have to? I'm a fucking terrible person. I've, I've murdered for food. Like, he, uh, he he's, he's the most one. definitely has. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to be like, what, 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 what would I do in this situation? And the answer is probably starve. I'm like, yeah, I would definitely starve. But <laughs> it's also like you wouldn't know what to do unless you're forced with this. Just like if you're in this situation, that's the only way you'll know if you would eat ass or not to live. Oh my God. Like. <laughs> You will never know if you'll just take a little slice of Chris Evans ham hock or what. <laughs> until the until the day comes when you're both stuck on a train going a million miles an hour. <laughs> so <laughs> So we oh, get God. to the the rave. We go through the rave. Mm-hmm. And we finally reach the engine. Mm-hmm. And Wilford, uh, like, Claude comes back and she keeps that thing on her. Mm-hmm. And this is where she shoots Nam. And they, he, she lets um Curtis and Yona inside, right? Uh, well, no, Yona is, is which they were getting litty as fuck. So <laughs> Yona is passed out over there on the on the ground because she's just high as shit. Because after they went through the rave, they were you know taking people's drugs and shit and stealing bottles of wine or whatever. So I don't think Yona even realizes that her dad has been shot until a little bit later. But Curtis, since um. Wilford has been like keeping track of Curtis like he knows like you're Curtis Everett you're you know so he Curtis is the one who gets like kind of like the dinner invitation so you get to see like the front of the train finally which uh is very clean very stark not a lot of shit going on in there uh I think Wilford tells Curtis that like He's the first person or first man to walk like the entirety of the train from tail section to to like his area. Probably Claude is the only other person who's actually done it because it seems to me that she lives with Wilford. Um, I don't know. But if she's where? Like his, I don't know because there's not really any place for him to live. Like unless he's like pulling out beds. Like the ground or like the the bookshelf or something like it's like a <laughs> like one of those beds that like flips down or whatever from the wall a Murphy bed yeah <laughs> like 
like i don't know like they didn't really like get to go i was like you i mean did you sleep in the engine like where are you sleeping <laughs> where are you sleeping old man but um but yeah so um he just starts on this whole thing about how everybody has a place um and everybody has like a station pretty much so he, you know, I guess he's kind of be kind of like, you know, well, I mean, like your life sucks, but like my life sucks too, because I live up here in the front by myself, except for with like Claude or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's low, it's lonely up here and it's noisy. And I'm like, and me and Curtis both are like, but you have food. <laughs> like you have food. You're not really, I mean, you're like maybe like a prisoner, but at least you like you eaten. And then. Curtis even tells him he's like that's what someone like in the best place would say to someone in the worst place. Uh, but the basic thing about Wilford is he uh believes in population control to a drastic degree. Uh, which is why when uh when they're back fighting the guys with like the axes and 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 Mason is like yeah so like you know this percentage of you is gonna die like this whole thing has been like sort of like a keeping the balance type of thing so you know when they felt like there's too many people or they had to sort of like even out the the ratio of like tail section people to front section people like people die and girl <laughs> and then also like they are actually sending people down there to like to stir up trouble so like there's actually like revolt so like like wilford knows everything even though he's like nowhere really to be found he knows all of this and that's because <laughs> the great <laughs> betrayal is that him and gillian had been planning stuff together for like the entire time they were on the train, pretty much, they've been planning this because as, like, Gilliams is the leader of the front section, or, sorry, and leader of the back section, and Wilford is leader of, of literally everything else, like, they had been, like, exchanging notes with each other, and, like, they were, I mean, Wilford said they were friends, but I don't know if that's, like, entirely true, because when Gilliam sends Curtis up to the front. He's like, "Don't let Wilford talk. Just cut his tongue out." So I don't know if he was like, "I don't want you to know like what's really been going on," or or was there like something else? Like, what do you think? Um, I honestly think they were friend friends. I feel like they got into this being one way. Like, um, okay, bruh, like you up top, I'm at the bottom, but we have our backs, right? Like we have each other's back and then like what typically happens when you're like surrounded by good accommodations and you have like all this wealth and power, you forget about the little man. So you don't look out for your partner anymore. Mm -hmm. That's what I think happened. And I feel like he doesn't want, um, Wilford to reveal his part in the plan to Curtis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He probably didn't want him to tell, he probably didn't want him to tell Curtis like at all. Um, because also they had sort of planned like how the revolution was going to go. Like it wasn't really supposed to get this far, like at all. Like it was supposed to stop at the tunnel. And then there was like the counterattack that that happened. Which I don't think we even mentioned, but it was like a little attack where people sent like torches up to the, uh, up to where they were fighting so that like, they could see in this tunnel. So they actually got like the upper hand and 
that wasn't supposed to happen. So because like so many front passenger people were killed in like the fighting that Gilliam was like, well, or not sorry, Gilliam, um, Wilford was like, well, we um, had to kill Gilliam because, I mean, that evens out the whole like, like balance and nature of the train. And they've been like tallying up deaths and stuff. And, and I think a bunch of, a bunch more people were actually murdered. Like he's, they've been basically communicating by like phone. Like he has a phone in his section. And then there's like a phone kind of hidden in the back area, like in the back of the tail section. And, um, I think Wilfred says something like spare 18 to celebrate our 18th year. And you just hear like a bunch of people being murdered. And, um, and then I think Wilford's like, don't, you know, you almost hit the engine because Claude like accidentally like, <laughs> I think she, she shoots her gun like a warning shot at Curtis because he like stands up really quickly. And, and Wilford is like, you almost shot the engine. What are you like? Engine is his baby. Let's talk about that. Engine is his life. I don't think he really planned on doing anything else besides mining the engine at all. Like he's never been. I don't think he's ever been outside of his little area for like the past like, um, eighteen years or whatever. That's because he's a weirdo, Ashley. He's a fucking weirdo. Like <laughs> he's like he's definitely the type to send like "I love you, alive girl" texts to Claude. <laughs> to Claude. You mean he would send it to the engine, like or the engine? Yeah, he's not Claude. Yeah, fuck Claude. He's affected the, the engine. Um, he he's a weirdo. Like I think he's like he. This is his life's work. Like he's literally been enthralled with trains since he was a little kid. He built like the world's greatest train. He has saved humanity. So mm-hmm. like he doesn't really need anything else. Like I, I don't think that he would want to leave the the engine. If he like, if it wasn't forced upon him, he probably would never leave that room. Yeah, but that's just me. Yeah, and I'm sure he'd probably like. I mean, where's he gonna go? He's gonna go to the rave. <laughs> He's gonna go to the rave at one point or whatever. Like he would never. Yeah. Uh, and so he, uh, he's yeah, old. So he ain't want- going to no damn rave. Yeah, he's not going to go to the rave. And also the whole thing with him getting older is that he wants Curtis to take over, which is kind of what Gilliam wanted, which Curtis Mm -hmm. was like, no, I don't want to do that shit. I just want to, like, you know, get you to the front and then, like, we'll live better. Like, all of us will live better. But they both want Curtis to take over. And and uh, Wilfred's even like, you know what? You've always wanted this. You've always wanted to be in charge. I'm like, has he really? I feel like he just wanted to eat something that was not human <laughs> or bugs. <laughs> he just wanted to He adult. wanted to go on a non-baby diet. <laughs> oh my god. Just you know, he just wanted something like good and and organic but not like too organic <laughs> to eat. <laughs> you know, human is too far like, you know, that's too far in the organic section. But you know, gelatinous bricks made of bugs is also uh too far the other way something nice in the middle like you know chicken (laughs) a steak steak, you know yeah steaks and stuff like 
vegetables. Like, when's the last time? These people should have scurvy. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> these people should have scurvy. They probably did. <laughs> there's no, there's no sort of vitamin C or anything sort of like circulating through the tail section. Like, you can't sustain yourself on bugs alone. Maybe they pouring like some like powder <sighs> in the bugs. Like, <sighs> They just put some in vitamins. Industrial. They put a little vitamin in the bugs. They probably just put an industrial waste in the bugs. <laughs> Honestly, just grinding that shit up with it. <laughs> the crunkle. Yeah, they probably do. The, the jingle. They jingle. put a little. Cr- they sprinkle a little crunkle on it <laughs> <laughs> for the flavor. <laughs> Curtis is like, hell no! I'm like, I don't want your. Fl- I don't want to be you. Or something like that. <laughs> it was very like a football dad conversation. Like, son, you need to take my place. And he's like, I don't want your life. That's kind of moment it was. What movie is that from? And <laughs> he's like, I don't want your life. I think it's from that one football movie with Dawson Fohead. That big head man from Dawson Fohead. <laughs> um, oh, Varsity, uh, Varsity Blues. I've never seen that movie. I, watch that last. I started to watch that movie and then I heard his accent and I was like, this won't be a movie that I will be partaking in. Because I can't. For not for a whole hour and a half or whatever, I would not. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, okay. I, I can see. And that's, you know, Wilfred is the football dad. I, I can, I can, I fuck with the vision. I, I see it. <laughs> Even though they've never met before. I don't want your life. um and then curtis remembers like oh yeah them kids where them kids at where where are andy and timmy and this is where they find timmy is running the engine for some reason yeah timmy is down in the gears taking dirt or some shit out of the train throwing it away putting something in, taking something out, throwing it away, putting it in. And Andy is driving the train. Yeah, that was weird. Um, I didn't get the part with Andy because, like, I think, I don't know what was wrong with Andy, number one, but, like, because Curtis is like, Andy, Andy's at you. And he, like, because he, like, comes out from underneath, like, a bookshelf or something. And then the... He pops out, like, boop. Yeah, then the engine the engine does something where it like extends out and he like crawls into the into like the the um I don't know like the conductor's area like I don't know where this part of the engine was. But I was like, isn't this I nobody really explained that the engine needed a driver, but like I guess like they need somebody to maintain the engine. But like as far as like sticking like a human child because. These parts, they keep saying, like, things are going extinct. Like, that's the language they use. And, like, so are the parts. So, like, the parts have gone, like, quote-unquote, extinct. So he's asking for children from the tail section because it's, like, apparently there's an abundance of children, as he said, because y'all just, like, popping them out or whatever. And he's been asking for children because they're small enough to fit in these little spaces. Like, he's, like, shoving them in the little floorboards. It probably Claude is shoving them in the floorboards. And that's where Timmy is. Like he's doing that. Uh, Andy's, or yeah, Andy's up there ma- driving the fucking thing. Like, how does that work? You got a five year old driving the whole train. I, so Wilford was just like, I don't want to do this no more. 
maybe the little kids was on Crunkle, and that's why they maybe. weren't really like into a, it. Like, like responsive, aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, if you such like a great train man, then how come you didn't have the foresight to build like bring extra parts, bruh? Right, like fashion them out of some shit. It's only been eighteen years since the train has been the only means of survival. So like you should have known to have like some parts rent like available just in case or train more people to be able to build more parts for you. If you were such a good rich man, rich man. (laughs) Maybe all he did know was how to be rich and not have like any sense. And love trains. And love trains. Like weirdo. <laughs> I was like, nobody else got a fucking luxury train. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's probably why they clowned him. Because, like, what the fuck are you talking about? But yeah. Um, <laughs> although, you know what they have, though? Which I, I told my mom about, um, like, a few months ago. They have, the, like, these cruises that go around the world now. Where you can pay like oh hell no, it's like, like, dude, it's like twenty thousand dollars to be on the train or not the train on the boat though, to go from. But is it like, is it like a regular cruise ship where everybody get diarrhea and start throwing up? That's disgusting. Um, or like, <laughs> I don't know how many people can fit on this cruise ship because how many people have like just twenty thousand dollars just lying around to just like like here the fire festival attendees. I guess so. Shoot, but you'd be on there for like you're on there for like a really long time because you go from I think it starts from like Miami and then you go all the way down like around South America back up and then like cross the the crossing the Pacific Ocean is the thing that I would not be down for because <laughs> I want to not see <laughs> land for two weeks or whatever that would kill me. Um, but then I think yeah you go like up to like around like. Um, I don't know if you go close to China. I don't know like how certain like parts. I know you go like near India, and you basically come around Africa and then go back up. And I think you end in like London or something, and then like you fly back to like wherever the hell you came from. Oh, I was like, you know what? No, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like this expensive thing, like this huge thing. But I was like, I guess that's where. I guess it's worth it because we also have to talk about too. I don't think we mentioned this in the beginning, but like this book is based off of um like a graphic novel, like a French graphic novel, and like the story ends mm-hmm. like real differently because there's like three parts, I think. But um, I don't think they ever go into like how the train, at least from what I was looking at, I don't think they ever go into like how the train like functions and like you know if this stuff starts breaking down. This kind of thing, because there's a whole like virus, there's like a virus subplot in there, and all kinds of them. I'm like, I'm kind of glad y'all didn't do that, because that would be like a little bit much. But yeah, um, Wilford's uh not very, not really good with the thinking, good with the the money spending, with the you know, with the shallow pools and and the and the dentists and hairdressers and the train just the overall train idea the overall train that's the shit the train does like you know collect water that's innovative yeah <laughs> um he just being a weirdo but mm-hmm. um curtis 
is like fed up with Wilford's like talk and he wants to save the little little Timmy from out of the cogs. So he sacrifices his arm by like he sticks his hand in the gear mm-hmm. to stop the gear from turning so Andy can get out. But it bruh, it took a really long time for Andy to like get out. Yeah. And Timothy. Timmy. Oh, sorry, Timmy. The, we don't know about yeah. Andy. Andy. Andy disappeared he, behind the He engine. got a job to do. <laughs> he driving. He, he climbed up in that train. Oh. He climbed up in that chair and was like, I'm here. I got one thing, one job only to do. I had one job and I'm gonna do it well. And they I don't know that I don't know I don't even know like how how that all functions. So even if he wanted to go get Andy, I don't know if he even could. I think Andy was just like lost to to the train, which is unfortunate, but uh, yeah, he goes and sticks his uh, hand in the gears, trying to get Timmy out. And I think he ends up like he gets Timmy out, right? But then he also like loses his arm mm-hmm. in the process. So you know, I guess payback yeah. for <laughs> eating people's mothers, Gilliam's arm, and Gilliam's <laughs> arm, <laughs> Gilliam's arm, and eating Hector's mother. Yes. So. <laughs> Um, Nam is like he was everybody thought he was dead, but he's not. He ends up popping back up, and so does that indestructible like hitman dude yeah. that killed up everybody. He pops yeah. back up and they fight. Um and while they're fighting, Yona lights the, the crunkle <laughs> up and <laughs> explodes like the train. Mm-hmm. Like the the hatch off the train and the train derails and it triggers um an avalanche, an avalanche, and that derails the train and the train like blows up and Giona is able to save Timmy. They got on fur coats. Boots they look the really nice. They look bright. Yeah, they found it. At, I don't know where they found the the coats. I think Yona's coat belonged to her father. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where they found Timmy's coat. Where they like, found it the was child a smaller coat. coat. The child size fur yes. coat. <laughs> um, but they are like they're the only people who survived in this particular part of the train. That it that's what it looks like. But it was um, it was bad. It was bad. Like all that snow knocked off half the fucking train down the ravine number one so they're dead dead and then the train itself like fell off the like the front end of the train like completely derailed from the track so everybody that was uh not strapped in and secured i don't know if they made it everybody did bro i mean the tail section is definitely dead they were dead before the train derailed. I yeah, think. Honestly. But if, I mean, I mean, if anybody was not dead before, they are definitely dead now. Yeah. Um. But Yona and Timmy survive, and they get their coats on, and they go outside of the train into the snow, and they see a polar bear. Mm-hmm. Meaning, life finds a way. <laughs> Oh, you. (laughs) 
Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Mm, yeah. Yeah. The pal- the polar bears survived. That's a, you know, a good sign that nature is, nature is doing fine. Although currently as of right now, nature is not doing fine. <laughs> so I think I we think- are Girl. Very close to exploding the atmosphere, the, right? The, <laughs> the atmosphere is about to explode. And I'm not getting on no damn train. It just killed me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not eating ass. I'm not eating ass to survive. I eat ass, not eating babies. <laughs> like, I'm not. No. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. And I think the director actually said that um, they kind of use the polar bear image as like kind of like as the, the signal like a symbol of hope considering like usually like the the image of impending doom is like starving polar bears which is like the saddest thing honestly like that that shit is that shit kills me and i it, oh. i already hate when animals are like in distress but like starving polar bears and stuff and like people are like i don't believe that there's any sort of global warming because it's 20 degrees today and i'm like that's not how global warming works that's not how it works <laughs> so like <laughs> Oh God! But the polar bear is a good sign that nature is, you know, doing her thing. So the Earth is good now. Humanity, on the other hand, mm, not too sure. How is that gonna work, bruh? Obviously, no. Uh, I was thinking. I was like, girl. I mean, there's only the polar bear. You don't have any matches. It does get dark at night. So what are you going to do? Especially since, like, I don't know where they are. Because, like, I mean, they passed the part where I was like, maybe they're in Russia. It would seem like they would probably be in Russia. So, like, are they just, like, in some random part of, like, Siberia? Like, they could be anywhere. Because when they, like, pull out, like, when the camera pans out, it's, like, all mountains and shit. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Like, they're not even, like, in any, like, near any, like, abandoned cities and stuff, because there's, like, plenty of abandoned cities, like, towards, like, the beginning of the movie, but, like, I don't know, man. I mean, I hope they work. Mm. It was kind of nice to see that, like, you know, like, a a black kid and Asian girl survive out of all those people. I don't know if they gonna, like, survive past the credits. But it's a little something different. Maybe. Maybe, Ashley, you want to know why? Why? Maybe. Because there's a Snowpiercer TV show coming oh, on. Yeah, there is, isn't there? Isn't it like FX or something? Uh, On TNT. Oh, yeah. When is this happening? You, I didn't, I completely forgot uh, this is happening, so thank you for reminding me. Like, I need another TV show to watch. Supposed to come on sometime this year is starred um starring um David David David, David. I keep mispronouncing this man name David David <laughs> I say David David come on now let the man <laughs> let the man live David. let the man live. um Young Hamilton I think he was in Hamilton that dude yeah. Um and Jennifer Connelly, so there's a few people I recognize. Cause there's like the one guy. There's like one guy from, um, from Peaky Blinders, but he was like in the first season. And then there's um, Homegirl that I'm from the show I'm watching right now, which is The Americans. 
he's in there. I don't know what's going on. When is it actually going to like premiere? Probably winter. That would be perfect, honestly. Oh, we. I mean, yeah. Oh, they haven't yeah. even finished. They just finished reshoots like a couple days ago. Oh. I guess there's been like a so lot. So probably of- like 2020. I mean, there's a lot of shit that's like never, <laughs> never gonna air. Or see the light of day, see the Flash movie, whatever that's called now. That's never happening. <laughs> Ever. That's never happening. Um. So, so yeah. So I guess they did finish. Well, that should be interesting. I don't know how it's gonna work. Uh, we'll see. We'll have to watch it. Because when I mean, they're not gonna take a whole season to get to the front of the train. I would hope. <laughs> they I could. So David Diggs is going to be Curtis, probably. Oh, yeah. Or like a the TV version of Curtis. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're still doing the same characters. Because they might take more from the TV, or not the TV show, from the from the comic book, from the graphic novel. Which is like a whole yeah. bunch of other, like, there's a whole, like, other subplots and things like that to take from there. Which, I mean, some of the stuff I was like, well, the movie sounds like they did a pretty good job of like condensing it but I, was, I mean i've never read the the graphic novel so i wouldn't know but i think like this movie was pretty like concise and like well told and it didn't like you know drag on in some places even though it's like two hours long i think like the last like section of it drags a little bit with like wilford and his whole like i believe in population control and i'm like I do not like when people do that because usually, like, the, usually the people who are like, "I believe in population control," are like, <laughs> also, like, like, refusing to believe that like resources are not allocated appropriately, which is what is exactly happening on this train. Is that things are not being allocated in a way that is fair? And I know, like, like people paid money to get on the train at a certain time, but like, but bruh, it's been almost two decades now you're not gonna feed these people like decently like at all like um this is a situation where socialism is the answer like everybody should be able to live in harmony and just survive in a peaceful situation where they don't have to eat babies or use crunkle to get fucked up (laughs) i think the whole train loves crunkle though not just the pores. Yeah. I think everybody's like, you know, give me some of that crunkle because I'm clearly never going to touch the ground again. So, like, why not just get high? Because, I mean. But there is different crunkle use, though, Ashley. Like, the people in tell are using it to get by. The people in the front are probably using it because they're bored. Hmm. This is also true. Think on that. <laughs> I hate when people say that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Who started that? Think on that. I, I don't know. Was it Probably Talcum? Uh, uncle. Was it Talcum? <laughs> no, I I don't think so. I, I believe it's older than Talcum X. You, I thought it was when I saw when he was like, um, what did he say? He was like, Martin Luther King was the same age as Jay-Z when he died. And like, think on that. And I was like, what does this oh, mean? No, no, <laughs> no. 
about to no. look. I'm about to look for the tweet because I was like, "Bitch, what?" <laughs> no, I missed that one. No, I'm glad I didn't see it because I would have screamed. Um, but <laughs> so, would you recommend this movie? I would. I think that this is more of a concise storytelling than um then sorry to bother you i know we didn't like really like sit and like really sit and compare and contrast and that kind of thing he must have deleted this tweet (laughs) can't find it um but yeah so i think like for me i really enjoyed this movie basically it's like how like visually they kind of represent the the different social classes because you start out where it's really dark and grimy and um really just like filthy and like you can actually like feel the grossness of the tail section and then like as you're like slowly starting to 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 progress you see like color changes like even like when claude comes back to the train and like mason like they both are wearing like really bright yellow colors and that kind of thing and so they're they're eye-catching and so there's like sort of like um like a color story there where like color is kind of used to like denote sort of like status and like privilege amongst the train passengers and i know like there was like a couple things i want to talk about in like relation to sorry to bother you but i think like the biggest thing is here is like the whole like propaganda and sort of like divineness that's been assigned to wilford and like how they've kind of like they've basically established this like this I guess they're trying to to sort of like reconcile with their like situation almost because like it's true like if the train does stop they're all going to fucking freeze and die like they can't let the train stop but they've also taken it to a degree where it's like to like a religious degree where it's kind of like they're blinded by this like weird faith in Wilford and how he's like so benevolent and all kinds of shit like that but like I mean he's just like a very weird rich guy that has people murdered <laughs> like and like I mean I know some people could probably argue like this is like a, a very like limited amount of space it's not like the whole world it's not like the whole earth where there's actually plenty of space for lots of people it's just like people are not going to live in certain areas and also people it's not easy to live in certain areas because of the way land is broken up and like privatized people like companies are taking up resources that like people can't live in certain areas because you know people are commodifying water like people need water to like you know drink and to live and these companies are actually like no we own this water you can't fucking own water (laughs) i I refuse to believe this you can't fucking own water and so i think like in i mean i would never say like you need to resort to murder but also like to like to manage the population of the train because that's what wilford firmly believes but also like you could easily redistribute the work the resources and you won't do that and i feel like that's the basic problems that we're having like right now also like rich men playing god in the first place and being like oh yeah i can totally just like fiddle with your lives and like make you revolt because I'm, you know, I'm stirring the pot to like, have you fucking kill each other. And I like restrict your food for a month and then you eat babies and, and, you know, and you cut each other up and you're fucking, I mean, like what the shit. (laughs) And then you have, you know, uh, and what's his face and sorry to bother you. Just like, Oh yeah. I mean, 
guys are poor. Wouldn't you like to work for like a better cause and be horse people? No, <laughs> and, and like can't do that to people. But you know, you have people who have like so much money who probably have done nothing worth noting, but because they have money, they're allowed to wield power over people. I mean, if they had no money, like I mean, what has Wilford done other than built trains and shit? It's probably like a transportation magnate or something, but like I just don't like it. And I don't <laughs> and I don't like how people kind of like will just like I mentioned this in the last episode, but like how people will kind of bend backwards to like defend very, very rich people. And I guess it's because it's this idea of like, oh, they've accumulated all this money, so they deserve that, which is I I mean, that's like one thing, but like also like just because you've accumulated a lot of money doesn't mean that you suddenly should be able to dabble in politics and write public policy that's clearly geared towards like your favor. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was just trying to figure Yeah, you and your fellow rich people. And, and then like, also like, I'm also trying to think like, how did, how did Wilford be like, oh yeah, I just have this train. I'm just going to drive it through all of your, all of your continents and countries. Like, he probably worked out a deal. Like, hey, you let me, you let me, uh, have my train come through your spot, then I'll let you get discounted prices. Like, I'll like make sure that you get tax breaks on my train when your uh when our planet explodes. <laughs> and then it won't mean anything because you'll all be dead. <laughs> yeah. What the shit, man? Uh, but yeah, I mean, like this. This is more of definitely like a. I mean, like we said it before, like this is like a post-apocalyptic story. So this is more like high stakes because I mean, society has collapsed. Like, there's no like, there's no real. There's rules, but it's not like the rules that we know because this is like in a very like high tension, high pressure environment. But I just think it's like so. It's just so gross. Like, I just don't understand how men are allowed to just, like, dabble in people's lives like this. It's just, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, the most, I mean, the most like, intense, extreme part of, of, of Sorry to Bother You is the horse thing. But, like, rich people dabble in poor people's lives all the time. And they just, like, corral them into spots. And they fuck with their, you know, they fuck with them. And, like, I know people have also... There's like the whole thing of like the kind of like the government plant thing which we talked about too a little bit last episode. And I think like Wilford mm-hmm. kind of like sending messages to people and like <laughs> having them like, here, you should revolt. Go revolt. Oh, so I can kill all of you. Because he's bored. Like he's go- bored. You know what he should do? He should have flung himself outside. Uh, he doesn't want to freeze to death and let his poor train die. Man, fuck that train. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck him and that train. <laughs> but you know, like watching this, I was trying like to determine which version of the future I would like I could possibly see myself in. Ugh. And what's like the saddest thing i realized like both of these movies like both of the futures in these movies could easily happen like if we uh, um 
if we elect uh, that dumb fucker again, mm. I feel like we're going to be more toward the Snowpiercer version mm. where everybody's living in squalor. That would um, be, that would but, fully be him. And then it would be like one of these idiots out here being like, oh, I built this thing. Let's all just, you know, because I think it's going to come to a part where it's going to be like, okay, like, I mean, it's already like at that level where it's like, there's no turning back now. Like, <laughs> everybody needs to stop what they're doing <laughs> and fix this because there is no turning back. There's, there's no like reversing this shit. There's like just slowing it down and like living with the consequences or your children are going to live with the consequences of having to wear gas masks when they leave the house. But like, yeah, I don't like, I feel like that would be the stupid thing that would happen where somebody would be like, you know what? We're just going to like launch this shit out into outer space and it's going to, you know, cool down the the planet. <laughs> and if that happens, I'm just not. Yeah. <laughs> I, won't, I won't participate. I feel like I won't. I won't participate. A plausible future if we keep on this path. I feel like with anybody else, honestly, anybody else, we uh, elect an office, it'd be more like a sorry to bother you because that's where we are now. And I don't know what kind of policy changes would be necessary to Mm -hmm. change the path that we're on. Um, Because I don't know, sorry to bother you is more of that like millennial dread that I know I experience day to day where like you're just trying to make it but the powers that be you just can't like of course you're not gonna come across like horse dope but for the rest of it Mm -hmm. i feel like that's pretty apt um i i don't know i honestly both of them are plausible like i feel like both of them could very well happen Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like Sorry to bother you was like the extreme version of like what's happening like right now. And then Yeah. Snowpierce is the extra extreme version of like when society like finally collapses whenever that happens. Please God not in my lifetime. But like <laughs> like I think that's that's yeah, they're like two they're two very different extremes, I guess. Um But yeah, I just um I don't really just bang with people, um being super rich and getting to tell me and other people what to do, but also not like benefiting any of us in any sort of way. And then like also, cause I think that's the happens in, in both of these movies where you're kind of like beholden to these people because you don't really have a choice because like, and sorry to bother you. Like he doesn't have anywhere to live. He lives in the Bay, which is expensive as shit. So like, he's not going to move out <laughs> just on his like meager salary. And then the parts where you probably could move out to, they're probably being bought up by um, whatever his little company was called. And so, like, <laughs> he doesn't really have worry any, free. Yeah, worry free. He doesn't have any other. Um, he doesn't have any options for like where he could actually like survive or thrive as a person because you know his whole life is like being bought up around him, which I think is like a thing that they've that's really been at the forefront of a lot of people's minds is like where do you get to like just be like to have a space where you don't have to like pay a grand or two grand to live in like a box <laughs> or whatever and also like you don't have to like work for this global dominating like company and and then also like on train or snowpiercer it's like 
well, you don't really have a fucking choice. <laughs> you kind of have to do what this guy wants you to do because what are you going to do? It's the train. Where you going to go? You Where can't you go? step outside for a little bit and catch the train when it comes back next year. You have to do what this guy wants you to do, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> which I mean, okay, especially if he, if, if if our theory was correct and he really sits out there and like watch that shit happen and let the fucking earth freeze, like, that's an extra layer of fucked up. He knew what happened and you did it anyway. He 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 knew. He definitely knew. Gross. I so I would re- like I would recommend this movie overall because obviously Chris Evans is in it. So <laughs> if you love him as much as I do, then you would watch it if you haven't seen it already and don't know the Babies taste best <laughs> speech. I feel like I mean, if you followed Brittany at any point in the last few days, then you probably know because she's been saying it nonstop. <laughs> I I I I love I like this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. It um, it's kind of weird in terms of its tone. Like when the first couple times I watched it, I had no idea if it was supposed to be a serious movie or more of a comedy because mm-hmm. you got. Tilda Swinton doing whatever the fuck she doing with Mason and those teeth and the way she talks and it's like is this supposed to be funny like this don't seem funny like everybody broke and dirty and sad and I'm like I feel oppressed watching it <laughs> um I think she based that off of like she said she based that off of somebody she knew too who was like it's like a I guess maybe like a, a teacher or somebody who like kind of sounded like that and I was like that would be terrifying have to deal with multiple times <laughs> that'd be like what if you what if you're that person though ashley like what if you find out oh she did that from like that's based off of me i would feel some kind of way about it i mean hopefully you- hopefully i mean i think like the character went to a, of such a degree like physically that maybe she wouldn't notice and maybe also the like the off- teeth yeah, like the teeth, the teeth, the teeth were so Margaret Thatcher, dude. Like they were like, <laughs> they were intense. They were intense. But Margaret Thatcher's not here to 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 complain. So yeah, yeah. Um. So like, if you watch this movie, what would you recommend for somebody else to watch to pair with it? I I mean I don't know if I have an exact pairing. The only one I can really think of is Mad Max Fury Road, which is kind of like a whole different set of things. It's kind of like the more, I feel like this is more like the more traditional post-apocalyptic where like movie where you kind of find the whole world being burnt to a crisp more than than freeze, freezing over. Um, and there's like a whole lot of things that are tackled in there more of like about um, like personal autonomy, especially with women. Uh, and that kind of thing. But um, that's someone like always comes to my mind. I think that's like one of my favorite um, movies. Because I'm not really like a, I'm definitely not like an apocalypse girl. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> apocalypse movies give me like the worst <laughs> kind of anxiety. Like, even just watching like The Walking Dead, just, uh, that shit would have me like <laughs> panicked the next day. <laughs> I'm like, what if I woke up today and like the world oh was god. ending? I'm like, oh god, no. <laughs> Just no 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 no. 
and a lot of uh, i think a lot of apocalypse movies also like tend more towards like the like the virus kind of destroying the world kind of thing which also freaks me out because y'all know how i feel about sicknesses and germs and and that kind of thing but um and pathogens <laughs> but i think i that's the one that comes to mind every time is mad max fury road and even if it's not like a direct companion piece i still think like it's a really good movie like that's a really good movie so at least like even visually the plot tom hardy's mumbling out through it so like that's a good time um you know what else happens that movie? people i mean there's, there's guns there's sand there's cars <laughs> all the markings of like a good action movie but it's a pretty good time so i would say that movie i can't really like think of anything like exactly like this movie to be honest hi guys i'm in the middle of editing the podcast right now and realized that we did not discuss boong jong ho's other english language film okja which is on netflix Okja is the story of a young girl who is trying to protect her genetically modified pig named Okja. has to do a lot with corporate greed um, and industrial farming, that kind of thing. Um, It is a little bit of a heavy movie. Uh, There's some instances of animal cruelty. So if that's just too much for you, I totally get it and I would stay away. But if you're interested, the movie stars Tilda Swinton, on Seiyu Yoon, uh, Noted Bay's Stephen Yeun, and Jake Gyllenhaal. And because Okja is a Netflix original, it's actually not going to go anywhere anytime soon. So if you have a chance, give it a watch. Um, I finally figured out like what some of like the um, tale, like the scenes in the tale of the train reminded me of. And it reminded me of City of Ember. I don't know if you've ever seen that I'm not i'm about to put on my phone right now it's like it's a it's i think it's based on like a kid's novel or like a young adult series or something and it's um basically about like people who live underground or something okay it got how do you i still don't know how to say this girl name sure sir um sure sir sure yeah. okay so suicide door stop she um she's <laughs> and it's i it's not exactly the same but if you are looking for like a post-apocalyptic um movie to watch after watching this you could check that out i see okay and that one like not like my like favorite ones like 28 days later doesn't have um (laughs) like um like viruses girl or oh yeah so yeah that movie that movie now okay the first time i watched 28 days later i was literally freaked out and i didn't even finish it because like i think i had to leave my friend's house because she's the one who made me watch like we have to watch this movie we have to watch this movie and i'm like okay and i was like sitting there like like internally screaming the entire time i was like freaking out and then i had to walk home by myself all the way back to my house and i was like no i'm scared <laughs> and this was like in the middle of the day but i was like depressed after i watched that shit like i was so like what if that was really happening it's dark yeah i'm like i'm not ready to run from things <laughs> so that should depress me but then like i watched it i think like last year i watched 20 days later like we watched it and i was like well number one 
I don't know what's wrong with Danny Boyle and his acting. Or not sorry, acting, his editing. Yo, that editing in that movie is real, 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 real bad. And like, and I think that's like a thing because I also watch Sunshine, which also has Chris Evans. Like, I think that's the one movie Chris Evans is like. I'm, it does. He had, he's very, very proud of that movie, which I watched that like a couple of weeks ago. And the editing in that movie was weird too. And I was like, Danny Boyle, get a hold of yourself, please. Like, relax. <laughs> so... I think, uh, yeah, 20 days later, if, you, if you're if you into the, um, I guess, in the new zombie movie thing. Yes, it is an excellent movie in the zombie genre, if you like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it gives you more of, like, society falling apart. Yes. So. Yes, you get to see. When tragedy strikes. You get to see. Shit just goes to shit, right? You get to see Killian Murphy trying to figure it all out. And, mm-hmm. and I get eaten. So that's fun. And Naomi Harris, I think, right? Isn't it too? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's probably like one of the best parts of the movie, honestly. Uh so yeah. Um But yeah, we never talked about Chris Evans' filmography. I don't even know what we could recommend from that. <laughs> from his filmography? That could be a little that, so, that could be a little hazardous. Yeah. If you want to watch more Chris Evans movies, guys. She's going to say all of them. Oh. <laughs> Not all. <gasps> I got, like, okay, wait. Let me let me get myself together to make some good recommendations. Oh, gosh. Because he has a lot of what we call trash <laughs> movies. <laughs> um, but if you really want to dabble in Dorito, <laughs> my favorite include Not Another Teen Movie. You mentioned sunshine okay the two seconds was in scott pilgrim versus the world okay that's a great one okay y'all don't judge me when i say this but i got my reasons um what's your number (laughs) shut that movie is terrible (laughs) the movie is terrible oh my god um he looks really good in it yeah, that's, I mean, actually, that's the point. He looks really like, good at it. You see him, like, take off his shirt. He's got huge Cats in America titties at the time. <laughs> he got them things. Because he didn't used to look like that. He used to be kind of, like, on the on the not really built up side. He always calls himself skinny. And I'm always like, I mean. You know, he used to be slim thing. He's slim. But then you get to, like, the shoulder part. And you're just like. Because even in this movie, they talk about how they had to, like. They had to like cut out the sleeves and his like layers because he was wearing layers so they could hide the fact that he was so well built because he's supposed to be like starving back there. He should be like, you know, kind of frail. <laughs> but then they had to like cut out the sleeves so that there wasn't so much bulkiness underneath his underneath his uh his jacket because it was like layers on top of layers on top of titty. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it just looked like it's like when they put Glasses on Lainey Boggs in not another teen movie. Like, how can she be hot? Guys on glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shouldn't she just be ugly as shit with some glasses on? And then she takes them <laughs> off and you're with me and Then she fell down the fucking stairs. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good movie. I should rewatch that. 
Um, so those are like those would be some of my Dorito picks. Mm-hmm. I hope, if you want to dabble, in I Dorito. do like Sunshine, uh, and I do like. Well, I've seen Watch Your Number more times than I care to admit, honestly, for the same reasons you probably have. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, and he's in a lot of movies coming up. He's got a lot of stuff. He's like, yeah, he, he's booked. He's out of that Captain America contract so far. Well, I mean, he's been working even since then. Because I mean, it feels like it's been way longer, but it has been like eight years since he's been since I guess the first Captain America movie. Um, and then like you also said, uh. Lucas Lee in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is fantastic. I always forget that's actually him. He's got like a weird eyebrow situation <laughs> going on in that movie. <laughs> and he has he has his like stupid movies that he has, like Lucas Lee makes, like Kiss Me, I'm Dying. No, that's that's not the thing. It's like the tagline of one of his movies is Kiss Me, I'm Dying. <laughs> and he, he's on that stupid <laughs> skateboard. <laughs> That's a great movie. Uh, so yeah, I don't really know what I recommend. He's like in one, two, three, four, five. He's in a TV series. Is that the one that's coming out on Netflix? One of these things is a Netflix thing, but he's got like five things happening that are not even uh, Avengers related things. So, I mean, he's out here. So hopefully, uh. Hopefully his like little career, you know, is not so um fraught with 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 missteps because some of those things are not good. Also, I think um what is it, Puncture? Puncture was alright. Mm. It's alright. Mm. It's a little depre- it's depressing as shit, but like it's not it's not so like like, oh Chris, what are you doing? <laughs> so <laughs> I think, you know, I think you know, if you if you want to dive into that filmography, just um, take your time. <laughs> just kind of- yeah, you. I mean, you have to if you want to. You could watch exactly forty two weeks of Marvel movies. You really if you could. Really want the full experience. He's in it almost all of them. <laughs> it's honestly, you could totally skip Captain America the uh, first Avenger because the only good part is when. Bucky fall out that plane. No, that don't do that to that. Don't do that to Bucky. I actually like that movie. The only one I don't really care for is Civil War. <gasps> I don't like that movie. That's the best one. No, the best one is the Winter Soldier. Oh wait, no, that's the best one. That's Civil the best War one. is like, why y'all not friends? Yeah, that's like, the one where they were like, oh, the whole thing was like, okay, <laughs> we know Bucky did something to Tony's parents. You're gonna really make me take a two hour <laughs> thing to figure this like, out. Like I was upset. I was so upset, Ashley. At at Tony's like, you guys are friends <laughs> and you're fighting. You're fighting over this. I was like, listen, I, like I was always I've I've always said it like in my head, I was like, this is a coworker situation. This is what when when y'all be talking about I don't fuck with my coworkers like that outside of work, and then I was like, this is exactly Captain America try to tell you is that he don't really fucking fuck with your coworkers. Like once Bucky was out, no, this is family. Y'all are coworkers. <laughs> Co-work on this shit because I am here because I was frozen. <laughs> if I had my way, I would have survived World War II and got to dance with Peggy just once. <laughs> like, 
He's gonna dance with Peggy again very the soon. Life. Steve is an angel, guys. Aww. Steve Robert. Oh, Steve Robert. Roger. You can't even say his name. Yeah, I said they was gonna dance in hell. I was fucking. Oh up. lord, How's lord. Mean? Chris Evans would be disappointed in you. I just want you to know. He would. Don't t- hey guys, don't tell my this. <laughs> I love him. At Chris Evans, Brittany is trying to kill her chances with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Uh, so we should talk about our next movie, our next episode. Okay, I'm really excited about these. Um, so next month, as you know, is going to be the one year anniversary of our first episode. So we've been doing it officially, officially for a year next month. And we decided since it's not only Black History Month, but of course there's Valentine's Mm -hmm. Day, we are going to do some nice romantical movies. I'm gonna borrow that term from Flavor Play. Um The king of romance. We're going to be talking about Love Jones, starring Nia Long and Lorenz Tate, and Love and Basketball, starring Omar Epps and Sanaa Lathan, aka She Did Not <laughs> She did. <laughs> I forgot. I almost forgot. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, no. She out here. Well, um, I will say from personal experience <laughs> that I have seen Love and Basketball a good chunk of times because that was like kind of like the movie to see when I was younger. Um, Love Jones is <sighs> it it defies yep. description. <laughs> It's so bad. Yeah, it's so bad. So I might be making little passes for for uh, uh, love and basketball, but Love Jones is going to be an experience <laughs> because I don't like I don't like that movie. I don't think Brittany likes that movie either. But you know, uh, we'll see. It might be different this time. Um, <laughs> you know, somebody might be like. Like maybe this time, me watching this film this time, I will understand being like the twinkle in your left eye or the right eye, whatever he was talking about. Was that the the spoken word shit? You can't (laughs) redeem spoken word in my eyes at any point. (laughs) Not in whatever year this movie was made, not in 2019, not in 2039. No, I won't allow it to happen. And also, no. No, isn't he like a, isn't he like a newsboy, newsprint hat thing, a newsboy hat dude too in this movie? You know my vendetta um, against the newsboy hat. You and his newsboy hat. Um, probably. I mean, it's the, it was the late 90s, so yeah. Ugh, they're so bad. Ugh. But for some reason, um, older subsections of uh, Black Twitter love this movie. I. I don't know why. I feel like this is one of those you had to be there type of movies. And neither of us were I was there. not at that point. I was, I mean, I was on this earth, but I was not <laughs> even remotely interested in this shit when I was uh, eight. So, like, 
<laughs> I was not even concerned. Um, and I definitely will never be into spoken word at any point in my life. So if that ever happens, um, something wrong, call the police. You know, invasion of the body snatchers. Like, I don't know, like something's been, something's happening, Twilight Zone type shit. Like, <laughs> check. It's bad, y'all. But um, yeah, it should be interesting. Um, if you like those movies, please tell us why. Help me understand. We won't judge. I will. If you like Love Jones. Oh. <laughs> you like Love Jones. I'm already judging. <laughs> I'm already judging. So that should be a fun time. Um, so yeah. So as always, you guys could find us online. We're on Twitter at BLK Girl Film Club. Um, we're also online um, at blackgirlfilmclub.com. So if you guys have made it this far, please um, subscribe. If you have time, write a little review um, on iTunes. And you can also uh, listen to us on Spotify and SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And we really appreciate you guys taking time out of your week or your day to check us out. Um, if you want to interact with us, you could just add us on Twitter. We don't really be doing anything. We're up for conversation. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Yeah. So I, I believe that's it. Okay. For this week's episode. We did another episode, you guys. We made it. Woo! Mute. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>